Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario. Welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. For those of you who have not listened to this before, I'm your host, Mr. Mario 2011, and this is a podcast that I typically like to do at the end of... Um, near the end of the month or so. I typically release this on the last Wednesday of every month. It hasn't been every single last Wednesday of every month, but it has been monthly for almost two years now at this point because we're on episode 21. So again, for anyone that does not know, this is just a podcast I do where I talk about whatever the hell I want to, and I have been pretty good about it this year. I typically try to have a guest on every other episode so we can mix it up a little bit. So the guest I have with us today is uh, someone who I've known for quite a while. And I guess before I even get into this fully, um, forgot about this too. As I said, this is a podcast. Uh, you can check this out either on YouTube or on your favorite podcasting platform by looking up Mario's Minute on your favorite podcasting app or whatever you're using, or... Uh, you can check it out on YouTube on the Mr. Mario 2011 channel. Getting back to the guest here, again, someone I've known for quite a while, I want to say eight years now at this point, and uh, without further ado, uh, to my guest here, who the hell are you? Oh, I I was hoping you were going to choose me by name so I could boo myself. Um, (laughs) Hi, my name is David Moss, I'm a game developer at Pathogen Studios. Um, Right on. I make computers do neat stuff, mostly video games. It's pretty I, neat. I appreciate that. And you go by uh, Pathogen David online for anybody who's by, confused, yep, right? At All Pathogen right. David on Twitter. And that's really the only place you should follow me. You can follow Pathogen Studios on Twitter or Facebook sure. or whatever. And I- and I'll, I'll decide I'll plug that all... after you hear me talk for a while. <laughs> and I'll plug those after. Uh, uh, I'll plug those down below in the description on the YouTube upload of this. So if anyone wants to check you out, they totally can. But you're doing um, you're doing game stuff now, right? Yep, yep. Currently working on a game called Back to Her. It's a roguelite cyberpunk thing. Uh, yeah, um, you can check out the story teaser comic that we have on pathogenstudios.com. Um, yeah, I won't ramble about it too much, but I understand. It's pretty neat. It's a story heavy roguelite, so it's its own own special thing. I can't wait to play it. I know we're not, that's not the focus of this, mind you. I I feel like, (laughs) I feel like so many podcasts that I've listened to, like the guests, and I totally understand the guests are always there to promote like their latest special or their latest thing that they released or something. So I just thought this was like, exactly. And I was like, wait, no, David, even though you're working on this, like, no, you're not here to promote this. You're just here to talk. (laughs) Yeah, it's my weekend. I try not to work too much today. Yeah, no, I understand that. I was I was gonna do that, but you know things change and stuff. So, oh well. Anyways, how are you doing, man? Pretty good. A little bit, a little bit groggy, but who isn't? I understand. Got, got yeah, my I, tea to help me wake up here. Did I uh, did I wake you up this morning or this afternoon? No, my uh, hey man, you'll have to reveal that I was up until five thirty in the morning while I didn't say anything. South you Maynado. revealed that yourself. Um. No, you didn't wake me up. My phone was on very do not disturb. Okay, um, okay. And since I know you tend to call me, you are not on the do not disturb call or bypass list. Although I thought that it was supposed to let you bypass me call twice in a row, but maybe you called with enough spacing. I don't know. Uh, no, I did call twice in a row. So 
that's uh, maybe that's actually <laughs> that's actually for someone maybe our uh, maybe our listeners uh, don't know about this but yeah if you are calling someone and they have a iPhone and their iPhone is in do not disturb mode you can bypass it by calling it twice within I want to say five minutes yeah I think it's five minutes um, three minutes actually okay good to know yeah i just looked at if the repeated call setting is on so they do have to turn this on i think it's probably on by default but yeah second call from the same person within three minutes will not be silenced gotcha um but my vibrate switch was on so it probably only vibrated the phone which probably wasn't enough to wake me up because i was very sleepy gamer you know it's really funny because with that like i didn't find out about that feature until i talked to you and until we discussed that like years ago and i don't know if i told you this but because of that that's actually helped me out in other work situations (laughs) yeah it's pretty nice yeah um yeah, I not- kind of wish it'd be. I mean, I guess it doesn't because they don't. They want the idea is that if you really need a hold of someone, you're probably gonna try calling them more than once. Sure. Um, I guess, but it'd almost be nice if like Siri picked up and was like, "Hey, David's phone is muted. If this is super important, then you know, press one or call again. Goodbye." And then, but then every you know. single person's going to say their phone call is super important. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I think it depends on the person. Like, um, you know, like my parents call for basically no reason at all sometimes, <laughs> um, which is fine. I like that. But they, uh, um, you know, they, they they would acknowledge, oh, okay, David has his phone muted. And he probably doesn't want us to call him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, send him a tweet. He'll get to us eventually. For sure. Yeah, I, I think the, the situation... I think it mainly called for before um, was I was helping with, there was a customer that, this is a job I had a few years ago, uh, they were getting upgraded, they were doing a cutover and such, and there was something that just wasn't working. And I was like, guys, Mm. can you check this? They said, yeah, this is all fine. I said, it's not working though. Like, can you check it again? And they said, oh, wait, because of this change we made, this ended up happening, we have to call, we have to make this change. I was like, all right, who can do it? None of us on the call. This guy can do it. And he just went to bed. And so they tried calling him and then they got back to me and they said, yeah, we called him. He's not picking up. And I was quickly like, okay, did you call the cell phone? Yeah. Does he have a iPhone or a, um, or an Android? And they said iPhone. Cause it was on do not disturb. And I was like, you have to call him twice within five minutes. Please do that. We need him on the call. Yeah. And we got a hold of him, thankfully. So thank you for that da, advice. Da, da, da. There you go. <laughs> Glad I could help. Yeah, I'm, he he did not sound very happy to be on the line. He never did, but he was especially sleepy this time. So it was like, as opposed yeah. to having attitude, we just had sleepiness. But we were like, yeah. well, dude, nothing is working. You're the only person qualified to make this change. So please do it. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. And then what do you know? He made the change and everything worked. And that is why <laughs> it's important to have everyone assign the proper permissions at something like that when something's going on, yeah. like a cutover at three in the morning. <laughs> Oh, so he's the only one with permissions. I thought he was just the only one qualified. Yeah, yeah, no. In in short, from what I remember, we had because um, there was uh, there were some servers that we had turned off, and they had a backup solution in place, and uh, their load balancer was set up so that if the main servers were turned off, it would fail over to the backup servers. Mm-hmm. But then we finished our work there, so we turned off the backup servers and turned on the primary ones the load balancer did not cut back over because the logic yeah. wasn't programmed in. You had to cut it back over manually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, not a good bus factor right there. 
No, it's not. And I told him, I was like, all right, everyone document this and keep it in mind for next time this happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need to have someone who has those permissions. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, IT departments notoriously have terrible bus factors. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, the internet's littered with stories of people who, like, oh, Jim quit with no notice the other day and every single server melted instantly and we don't know how they're configured or where they are no one can log into anything we you had know, to go sometimes... download a bootleg version of off crack <laughs> yeah, it's not bootleg but um sometimes it's really terrifying to see how much of a major solution at a company relies on one person and it's like we have an entire team of people here why is it that one person who quit or is out sick is responsible for everything well, it's always like, you know, if the company is like four people, then yeah, sure, your bus factor is going to be bad. That's just how it is. But like, man, you see these companies where it's like, we have 500 employees and one of them is the IT guy. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about, yeah. Or even you have an IT department and you have one guy who has all the major control over everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, damn. It's never good. <laughs> nope. Anyways, David, one thing I wanted to uh, to bring up on here is because I, when when I talk about when I talk to my guests and such, um, is how the hell we know each other. Um, if, I think if, we were at we like Asin's birthday party. Well, I guess that's where we bonded. I don't remember how we met initially, but we bonded at Asin's birthday party because we went there, and we were the awkward nerds in the corner together pretty much i remember that was the first time we talked about video games instead of dancing i remember that was the first time we like really really hung out like i i remember our i think it was like a cis it was like a 115 class that's right that yeah that's pointless where class that we were in that together that yeah, was just that's right we did um yeah that's i knew i guess i should have known that we met in the department but that's where we really became friends was asin's birthday party yes yeah no. they were all those rat scallions drinking their underage liquor and smoking their weed and we were just like nah man yeah although full disclosure none of that really happened until it was like we've talked about this until we got to the after party and that's where everyone was getting yeah yeah the after party the after i remember party you and i were like this is kind of sketch because like the actual party was fine and then like you and yeah. i were at the after party we're like this is kind of sketch it's in this weird neighborhood it's like one in the morning we don't know anyone here let's bounce yeah well we knew people but we didn't know enough people to justify staying at the weird after party exactly um yeah. yeah no there was there was that and then um because for anyone that doesn't know so um david you you had majored in computer engineering was it uh software engineering software engineering all right and i was in computer science my first year and a half of college so that's where we had one class that overlapped and then david helped me out with some homework here and there until i got out of mis and then we uh we were neighbors for a bit and even roommates at one point and we've just we been kind of friends ever since yeah no, it's been yeah. a good time. That was uh, a, <laughs> I will, <laughs> I will sometimes think back fondly and hilariously at like the time we kind of sort of lived together for like a month or month and a half. I try to block it out. Really, it's that bad to you? <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. It's just uh, um, you know, living in a one bedroom apartment with two guys who have way too much stuff and are used to living alone. Yep. Um with a crappy air conditioner hey you were the one who's time. running that ragged okay i was the one who was used to it 
<laughs> hey man i mean i'm more used to heat now because i learned to get cheap but it's uh i don't know you, you were like accustomed to a certain type of lifestyle that was ripped away from you for about a month um i guess i don't know <laughs> i i feel like people tend to really not like the heat or existing in the heat until they put in the effort of like suffering through it a long time or if they grew up in it because mm-hmm. um, i got used to heat because i started walking to work okay. um and i decided like i'm even when the sun is out like and there's no shade or there was no shade on my way to work so like it was pretty bad mm-hmm. i was like if i don't wake up early then it'll just I'll just have to suffer, and so it was my incentive to help me get up early, I guess. I think for me, Um, I was used to heat to a degree. Like, the worst it got was during the summer in my apartment, because I was in, like, an old-style apartment, and, mm -hmm. you know, it had, like, a box AC. I'm just explaining it for anyone who is not us, and it had, like, a box AC in the living room, but then in the bedroom, and people can see, like, my old apartment videos. Pretty much any video from 2013 to 2015 on my channel was filmed in my apartment. Um, most of them were at least my, my old one I'm talking about, but yeah, like it was the bedroom had absolutely no way of moving around air and there was no fan in there. Like all of that stuff was in the living room, which is really frustrating. So after like two or three nights of getting this horrible greenhouse effect, I just end up <laughs> getting curtains and blacked it out as much as I could and then got a fan. And that's how I got used to sleeping with a fan, which I don't anymore because it was like I used to be someone I need to sleep in silence. And I was like, well, yeah. I could either sleep with a fan buzzing or I could try and sleep just covered in drenched and sweat, which means I'm not going to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I still am not good at is I can't sleep when it's warm. Mm-hmm. Um, which, isn't there like a scientifically accurate, like, proven temperature that humans really need to sleep well? There has to be. Um, I don't I don't have it in front of me, but there, there was like There was be. like some study that was going kind of viral, and I'm sure it's probably like this one flawed study that really isn't worth considering. But, <laughs> uh, I don't know, I feel like that was earlier this year. Was it? According to the little Bing intelligence box thing, the ideal sleeping temperature is 60 to 68 degrees Fahrenheit. So I guess I haven't been sleeping at the optimal temperature for this whole summer. But. Gotcha. Um, yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say WebMD so as well. 65 too. to 72, 60 to 67 on sleep.org. Sounds like a third of people on sleep. <laughs> uh, according to menshealth.com. Yeah, I, I typically sleep at a uh, at a higher temperature than that. Yeah. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Well, it's um, expensive to not do that. Yeah, it is. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have as many trees as I do. It's I do not. pretty shocking how much the trees help keep the house cool. They really do. Um, like, <laughs> Killian's uh, AC has to run, basically constantly in order to keep his house cool and it's not undersized he's had people come out to check it it's like the proper size for his house it's just he has no trees his house is just constantly um trying to shed off the heat from the sun gotcha Um, he also keeps his ac pretty low because his wife doesn't like it warm um at all which they can afford it so whatever Mm -hmm. a little jealous (laughs) yeah it's one of those things like hey if you can afford it why the hell not yeah well, for a while, Killian was trying to get it because he works from home and he doesn't mind the heat nearly as much as Angela. And he was um, he was turning the AC 
up or down, whatever. Which, you know, he was letting it get hotter and then trying to cool it off again before Angela got home. And it took so long to cool it down that the energy usage was just, he might as well just let it run the whole day. I was going to say, like, that's actually one thing I've seen before looking into AC usage and such, where it's like, actually, you really shouldn't let it go. You shouldn't let your house fluctuate more than a few degrees because yeah. if you don't, like, if you, I don't know, let's say during the summer, if you let it go from 65 all the way up to 80, because you're not going to mm-hmm. run it during the day, and then you're going to run it again in the evening, um, mm-hmm. your AC is using, as opposed to doing small increments of changes, it has to change yeah. at such a drastic rate that at that point, you're probably going to be spending more on your AC bill every month for something that you think is saving you money. Yeah. Um yeah, it's just not an ideal situation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Cooling is dumb. Cooling is dumb, <laughs> but I love it at the same time. I want I want, but... I want, some geothermal cooling. That would be so nice. <laughs> but it's not... It's like... Yeah, if you ever build a house, um, it's supposedly way cheaper to do it when the house is being constructed than it is to retrofit. I can only house. imagine... I can really um, only imagine. <laughs> so if you ever build a house, you know, splurge that extra 10 grand or whatever to get the geothermal stuff installed. Yeah, which if you're already building a house, 10 grand's going to be nothing. Yeah. Like on and top of everything else. I think it's else. 10 grand. It's probably even cheaper than that. Right. Because um, really, really, they just dig a super deep hole with like, um, oh, I forget those things are called, those big, tall drill auger boys. Um, but they, they just dig a super deep hole and just put a coolant loop pipe down it and just wire it up into your ac and when it needs to cool things off it just runs it down to the ground and it gets cooled off by the dirt and it comes back up cold and then they just keep cycling it through (laughs) um yeah let's take all because really all you're doing is you're taking the heat and moving it somewhere else you know you can use an air conditioning compressor to take the heat and move it outside or you can um just dump all the heat into the dirt under your house just as long as it gets out of your house it's all good yeah, exactly. That's all you're trying to do. Um, yep. Same thing with refrigerators. Refrigerators just taking the heat from inside the box and moving it outside. Yeah. That's why you can't just open the refrigerator to cool your I, house I can down. tell we, we've, we've talked about this before. You watch Technology Connections. <laughs> I do watch Technology Connections, although that's all <laughs> stuff I knew already. Right, right. Um, but I do like me some Technology Connections. Yeah. Um, he does good stuff. But yeah, kind of, um, kind of getting... nerd. <laughs> kind of getting back to this before, I know... Um, what is it like at that time? Cause it was for, I, cause I've never, I've wanted to speak about this, I guess. Um, cause I think it makes for an entertaining story. And I remember at the time, just cause I was, I was in college at the time. And then, um, I was like, I was still in college. I was getting my degree. And then I wanted to wait for a few years and everything. Cause like, honestly, I don't even think anything would have really happened. But point is on there. I remember at the time it was, cause I was living in a older, one bedroom apartment and it was very strict of like i mean you could have a family in there but like you couldn't mm-hmm. just you know pile a ton of people in there mind you because like you weren't on the lease for example so hey i i remember um just because that's true doesn't mean we need to incriminate ourselves <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no you're you weren't on the lease for example on that but i remember in regards to it it was like because what was going on, it was, you had to get, I, if I remember correctly, like, you had to get out of your apartment by end of July, but you yeah. weren't getting your house until, like, the middle of August. Well, I didn't even have my house um, yet at all. 
I had to, I think I, it was longer than that, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I had to be out of my apartment by the end of June. Um, and I didn't end up moving into my house until the middle of August. Okay, um, for, for some reason, I remember it being a month and a half. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure it was... Maybe it felt know. like two and a half months to you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a rough time. Um, <laughs> if I were to do it again, I probably would have rented for a year before I bought my house, um, mm-hmm. just to avoid having so many things going on at once. Right, um, right. But it worked out all in but, the end, so see, it's fine. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah. Um, definitely not the ideal way to do it though certainly not and Uh, yeah like what what happened with that was i remember i was um i was interning a few towns over so i i had my apartment um at at my college but i was not using it and i remember david hit me up about it and you pretty much said like hey i'm kind of in between all this right now i'm not gonna have any place because i remember you mentioned august and you're like can i stay in your apartment since it's not being used and I remember I said, I was like, yeah, just get your stuff. It's it's not even a question. You already have the key because you're taking care of it. Thank you for that. But I said, like, you're taking yeah. care of it. Just get your shit over there. Stay in there. Just get acquainted. There's going to be a lot of stuff, but we'll figure it out later. And yeah, then you had probably like half of your stuff in storage is what it looked like. But then the other important yeah. stuff you had brought with you. And then again, I was already in a small apartment and I had a lot of shit. So for like at least a month or so, my apartment was a giant fire hazard. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, so the big issue, so what my strategy was, is I put all my furniture in storage, but I took all the stuff that was like either things I needed to be able to use, like my computer or things that I just wasn't willing to risk to water damage because, you know, all those self-storage places are just like, our roof leaks, we're not fixing it and we're not responsible for your stuff. Um, Of course. Although I actually had a pretty nice self-storage place, but you know, um... And I was like, I am not losing all of my games or my GameCube or whatever to flooding in this building I'm never checking on. Um, I did go back and check on it every once in a while just in case, but um, I just didn't want to play that game. Of course. Um, But. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I just, I I remember on that we were... um, so you had it mostly to yourself because occasionally it's like I would normally come like on weekends or something and it wasn't even that often. So I think there were only yeah, like three or four times I really came back and then our overlap wasn't really that bad. But uh, I, I remember that was when we recorded the uh, the habanero videos that we did where like we made that jam and then we also did the thing where like we each ate a habanero. <laughs> Yeah, it was you a remember good time. that? Yeah, no, that was that that was a good time. Those were those were some fun times. Those were like some of the most fun times in my apartment. But I remember it was like, oh, this feels horrible. Just having like no space to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah, in that regard, your couch was definitely not a. Uh, oh, dude, that couch was awful. That blue couch that was horrible. <laughs> the only reason why I had it was because it was free. Yeah. Yeah, gotta gotta love those hand me downs. It's funny because like I done, I, I remember you know because I did like some setup videos back then, and I remember there were some people who kind of like poked fun at my furniture, and there's like really you got all this stuff, but you can't get some nice furniture, and I'm like, well, dude, one, I'm a I'm a college student, like there's no other two. Just like number one, I'm a college student, I'm not supposed to have nice furniture. 
<laughs> it's illegal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, it's like, you know, like all the abuse, all the moves it took and everything. It's like, no, like also, I, I think maybe if a number two, if anything, it was like, well, this stuff was given to me from parents, so I didn't pay anything for it. So, you know, whenever I have to go out and get my own furniture, which I like upgraded my furniture i should say because it was still given to me i went out mm. i paid for it myself all that stuff but in the interim it's like no 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 when, you, when you're in college you you can have a rough car you can have all this other you know stuff that has issues it's fine yeah um and i did go back and look at my calendar um for some reason my move out date isn't on my calendar but i do see where i got the self-storage um gotcha. so yeah it was actually the end of june okay um and I actually see my my home inspection was early July. So I, I actually guess I did have my house lined up when I... Okay. Um, so it looks like you had the house lined up, but then I just got it iffy then. Because I, I always thought, this whole time, I always thought it was end of July, not end of June. Yeah, no, it was end of June. Um, that's oh, you're way over. Storage. Yeah, sorry, I should have... Uh... Sorry, I had to fill up my tea and the kettles on the other end of the room. Oh, okay, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I should have waited for a better pause for that. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, no, it, I got the self storage at the end of June, so mm-hmm. um, it was definitely beginning of July that I started living there. I also have your pest inspections and stuff on the calendar, which oh yeah, because um, we had to say like, hey, just don't be here when this happens. Yeah, basically, <laughs> we probably went in there and they were like, what the yeah, heck you know, amazingly, I never that that's the thing. Yeah, I I never ever got any complaints from them, but I'm shocked that like the people who went in did a pest inspection and saw like nobody was there, but it was just I well at the same time maybe it was just like oh this looks really lived in, but maybe this it's, is just like ultra mega storage or something yeah it's probably not that un- atypical for them they were probably just happy that it wasn't completely disgusting because i'm sure. sure some of those college apartments are just atrocious oh no doubt um, just full of like bugs and stuff <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they have the monthly pest inspections, so you don't exactly. ruin their building. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, I really didn't have any issues when I was there, thankfully. So yeah, yeah they, I didn't they, they did a good job. Um, they were pretty aggressive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, I was gonna say we had talked about uh, some floods and such here. I did want to talk about this, but. Uh, this will be like, I guess this will be the only time I really, t- I'm hoping this will be the only time I talk about it. I had uh, mentioned this on Twitter and uh, YouTube in the community section because I said, hey, this might be slowing me down a little bit and everything. Um, but my basement ended up flooding here. So this is current day 2019. And uh, David was an absolute champ with helping me out here because you pretty much took about a week of your time to help me out and get this all resituated and such. But in short, um, for anyone that doesn't know, yeah, I had it was Labor Day weekend. That was it. And it was (sighs) yeah, lots of labor on Labor Day. Yeah. Yeah. I got no (laughs) relaxing done on there. But yeah, it was Sunday evening. And I remember it was like earlier that Sunday, I came back, it was like 4 p.m. I had been down there and it was fine. And then a few hours later, it was around like 7.30 or something. uh, I told my girlfriend, I said, hey, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to play some games. Uh, Now, mind you, I've also... Yes. Mind (laughs) you, I've never spoken about this one either, but this was like at the beginning of summer. Um, I have a window that is completely useless. 
in the basement. And I mean it as in um, it is underneath a deck. Even if you have to break it out in an emergency, you cannot go anywhere. Like it well, is a completely. It's not egress window. You can't get up there anyway. Yeah, yeah. You you can't get up there. You can't do anything with it, unfortunately. So that window had leaked at one point during a really bad storm earlier in the summer. And my girlfriend's family and I, we ended up, you know, kind of getting a bunch of stuff cleaned up, patching it up a, a decent amount there. Um, and I'll come back to that. But mind you, with this big one, I start going downstairs. I get off the stairs, touch the floor of my basement. My foot is soaked. And I'm like, what the hell? So I immediately look at the sump pump. Everything is fine there. And then I hear water and it was like PTSD because it's just the, the sound of water <laughs> I was hearing. It was the same sound of water that I had heard a few months prior when the window leaked. So mm. I immediately go over there. It's not there. And then I start going into my storage area in my basement. And I have this little area in the corner where I had like all my electronics, my spare overflow systems and all that. And there is a pipe that is leaking directly above all of them, coming down onto everything. And I was immediately freaking out and panicking. And thankfully, from the last time you showed up, uh, you had showed me how to turn off the water supply. Yeah, it was literally, I think it was the weekend before. Uh, it wasn't a week. It was like two It was two weeks, ago. I want to say. Yeah. yeah, it was two weeks. Actually, I know for sure it was two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, two weeks ago. Oh, because your toilet was running. I was like, do you know how to turn off your water in case yes. you ever had something? And you were like, nope. <laughs> yep. yep. I was like, oh, thank- we're going to go learn. And thank you for that as well, too. But yeah, what happened was I was, it was just my girlfriend, myself, and my dog at the house. And I start yelling to my girlfriend. I'm like, water, water, there's water down here. And she sees. So I go over. I turned off the water supply. Thankfully, that stopped it. And uh, then I remember I started calling around to plumbers, and then I called up David about it. And Hi. you're ta- you're talking with me about this, and at one point you even said you're just like, "Do you need me to come up there and help you out?" And I I, I said I was like I did hesitate, but I was like, "If you if only if you can." I would not at all be opposed to it, but can you get everything situated, like, with your dog and such? And thankfully you did, but in short, David ends up driving, like, in the middle of the night, because by the time you got here, it was, like, it was, like, 11 or so. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, it was 11. That sounds right. Yeah, it was it was 11. At that point, uh, I did end up calling up a plumbing company. They came out. They ended up fixing Boo. up the valve and replacing it, and... Um, then we also had somebody there who was he was also from the plumbing company and he was just checking out insurance inspection stuff and everything and it was funny because it's like he was pretty much telling me about the service that you know we'd pay for if we went through insurance on there of uh going through you know removing cart like damaged stuff like carpet and everything and uh replacing stuff as need be and then you arrived with all of your stuff you had like fans like your your family helped you out with that as well too but you had fans you had you pretty much had your own operation going on and well so for a little bit of context the reason i would have brought all of my own stuff but i had my dad bring a bunch of stuff because my dad lives near danny i don't live near danny it was like a two-hour drive Mm -hmm. um the reason i didn't have my stuff is because another friend of ours had his basement flood so all of my equipment like two nights before right yeah it was it was literally the friday before um so i had like come off of tearing out oh how big is this basement this basement's probably two thousand square feet Mm -hmm. tearing out two thousand square feet of carpet and lugging it up so i was already pretty sore 
smart too. Um, but yeah, no. So luckily, um, you know, I have all this equipment because I grew up in a DIY handy household. Mm-hmm. So my dad also had all of this equipment. It's not that it's nothing crazy. It was like a shop back, um, some fans. Um, my dad has one of those nice like fans that are specifically for blowing on the floor. Got his dehumidifier. Um, yeah, anyone anyone who listens to your podcast who owns a home, buy a shop vac. Don't buy a shop vac brand shop vac. Buy a wet dry vac. Okay. Ryobi is a good brand. Go to Home Depot. Do it today. I don't care. It's like not that expensive. And your normal little piddly vacuum that you use to vacuum up cat fur can't deal with water. These ones can. <laughs> That's They're true. Not that That's expensive. True. If you ever have water issues, you need one. They have little like baby size ones, which you have a baby size one. Yeah. Um, personally, I'd rather have one that's like, I don't know how big it is. Um, just a bigger one. It looks like a big canister vacuum. Sure. And to so make sure the pipe is big. That's the big thing. You want a big, wide pipe. So you can actually suck up it. everything properly. Yeah. Well, because so, so the reason I hate it on the ShopVac brand, because shop, the wet dry vacuums have have kind of genericized as ShopVac, which is a specific brand. Mm-hmm. Menard sells ShopVac. I think they might be the only people who sell ShopVac. Mm-hmm. Um Dan or not Danny, sorry, Killian bought one when his sump pump was having issues. Um and it was just so bad. It was like it was bad enough that I drove the fifteen minutes from his house to go get mine and come back so that we could use mine instead because I was so infuriated with him. And mine's not like super high end. Uh Killian's new one actually he got like a real nice Ryobi one. Mm-hmm. Um it, I don't know if it's the top of the line one, but it was probably like 150 bucks. Um, gotcha. I need to pick up. One they of those, come much honestly. cheaper than that, but um, but like even my little like kind of like entry levelish one, um, like it it did the job so much better than the shop vac, and I think the shop vac cost more. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, that's my that's my micro ramble. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, and then actually on the note of why you should own the wet dry vac ahead of time. Water damage is always like the longer you let it sit there, the more damage it's going to do. That is um, true. The faster yeah, you so... deal with it, the faster it's not going to be a problem. And you don't necessarily have time to wait for the pros. Um, and even then, the pros aren't going to, there's nothing complicated about like the cleanup of basements. Um, mm-hmm. Unless it's so bad that there's like a foot of standing water or the water is like flood water where it's really gross and like you're definitely losing the drywall. Yeah, ours was thankfully That's more clean complicated. Water. It wasn't the dirty, um, nasty water. Which even that's not hard. Um, I wouldn't want to, you know, tearing off drywall, you can go watch a YouTube video um, of how to, like, cut the bottom, like, two feet of drywall and tear it all off without having to tear off all of it. But, um, Mm -hmm. like, tearing up the carpet, it's real easy. Just take a box cutter, beefy one, not one of the break-off ones. You want the ones with solid blades. And just just cut pretty deep into the carpet, and you just pull on it, and it'll just come right up. Yeah, and um, and we end up doing that because essentially we had um what is it like the with all that going on um so backing up a little bit with the uh, with the plumbers and such after it was fixed and I talked with you know the the damages related guy um, mm-hmm. it was funny because you know you you came all ready to go with all that stuff and mm-hmm. I was asking I was like hey if we start doing this if we're moving stuff what can we do blah 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 and for him you know he's thinking insurance terms and yeah. he was trying to. 
he was trying to nicely tell us, don't do anything, wait for us to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, he was basically trying to get you to spend as much money as he could as quickly as possible. So that way it hit insurance and you just kept spending money without thinking about it. And they got a bunch of money out of it. Exactly, Um, exactly. Like, I was actually pretty uncomfortable with how aggressively he was trying to get you to spend money you know you know what you know what maybe that's why lily didn't like him because we also found out through this endeavor unfortunately lily does not like bald people yeah yeah this this dude it was because there were two people that were there the regular like the plumber guy she was cool with uh, until at one point he was in the house by himself and he walked past Lily's crate and just she just started going ballistic on him uh but no this dude the insurance adjuster guy Every time she saw him or sensed him, she was growling and barking at him every single time. Yeah, yeah, she hated. I didn't this like dude. him either. <laughs> I, I thought I thought he was nice, but yeah, he was okay. I don't know. I just I didn't. Well, you might not have even picked up on it because you were traumatized by the uh, five hundred dollar bill. But um, <laughs> the uh, the actual plumber guy, um, he did not like me. Oh, um, really? Oh, yeah. He, I, like, came in. He saw me lugging in a shot back and a dehumidifier and everything. And, um, like, I think he just smelled the DIY on me. And he made some rude remark about um, wannabe plumbers and went on this little tirade about how he spent so much time learning all the stuff he did. I'm like, like, I, I was polite. I didn't say anything. But I was like, bruh, you no, replaced I didn't, dude, a no, clamp I didn't, on Valve. That's not hard. Like, I didn't pick up. No, I didn't know about any. That probably happened while um, while I was, uh, like, out of the room or something then. No, you were there. I think um, um, I think you might have been looking over the bill or something when he said it. Probably. Um, so you probably tuned it out. But <laughs> I was just like, okay, dude. Like, Sorry um you 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 cut out an old piece of pipe you stuck a new one in you blast it with a torch um and you put a new valve on it like you know you did a good job you came out and helped danny in like a really short period of time but i'm sorry your your 400 of labor for what was 15 minutes of work is not super justified in my mind mm-hmm. um like you know like i said if 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 you had been able to convey to me what had happened, then we could have done it for way cheaper. But mm-hmm. um, but I also I, I know I you want I know you wanted to do something. Yes, um, yeah. Sooner. At, at and, least we didn't have to worry about fixing anything at that point. At that point, when you came, it was just getting things dry and getting things removed. Yeah. So yeah, it was like that got repaired, and uh, then we had talked about that, of course. But then uh, once the plumbers end up leaving, David and I worked throughout the nights to just get everything upstairs, and then we end up gutting the carpet, and my girlfriend was helping out too. And then we we end up mm. even spawning spawning the meme out of it, which uh, what the hell was it? You're Puppy you're no, laughing. It's a knife. Yes. Yeah. No. Because uh, Lily was downstairs, and uh, David was like, "Hey, Danny. Okay." We're getting rid of the carpet. Are you sure? And I was like, yep, let's do it. And then you just slice through it. You're like, all right, that's it. There's no turning back. Like, it's gone. We can't We can't go back anymore. And <laughs> at one point, Lily was really excited to see what was going on and went directly up to David. And he just pushed her away. was like, puppy, no, that's a knife. And I just thought that was hilarious in the midst of everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, to a dog, like, I have this weird stick that I'm dragging on the ground. And it's making the ground roll up. Mm-hmm. She wanted to see what was going on, but it's like you, you don't want to put your sniffer on this thing, dog. It's sharp. Exactly. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we ended up we had to move a lot of stuff upstairs and move stuff all around the basement. Uh, got rid of all of that, uh, all the carpet, all the padding, and everything because it was just completely soaked. Mm. And uh, then at that point we worked on uh drying up electronics and all that stuff and to anybody who might be wondering games were thankfully okay and um you know david i haven't told you about this all the electronics have thankfully been fine uh everything you've tested uh i didn't i didn't test everything but it was just it was stuff it it was it was a lot of stuff that i just let dry out and such Mm -hmm. the only thing i did run into which this was my own fault i had this uh japanese n64 like i had bought it from a local shop a few years ago and it was still in like the saran wrap and everything my own fault on this, but I remember I looked at it and I was like, oh, well, the saran wrap's on here. It's fine. And I put the it water out get in. for like two weeks. Yeah. And water got in and Oops. I didn't notice this until about a week ago and I was about to toss it and I was like, no, let's see what the damage is. I haven't turned it on yet, but mm-hmm. I did take, cause from what I remember, I've taken apart a few in 64. So those things are built like tanks yeah. and I took the whole thing apart and there was like on the shielding, there is a little bit of rust and then mm-hmm. on the main board itself, on the edges, there's some rust there, but the actual console itself is not affected. It's just kind of gross because the system was not in a clean household prior, and then it got yeah. water inside of it. But I took <laughs> so it's it pushing com- all the crap. Yeah, around. yeah. So I took I took it completely apart. I let it sit out. It's been drying for at least a week, which should be mm-hmm. fine. But really, all I need to do. I'm I'm quite confident that it's going to work. I just need to actually clean it because, you know, again, it's kind of grimy and it's had, you know, stuff all over it and some rust marks, which should be fine. But I just yeah. need to clean it up, put it back together once it's dry, and I'm completely confident it should work. So, if anything, I might have lost an N64, but it doesn't look like it. But, like, so, some of the systems that were hit with water once they dried out and everything, I have been able to utilize them just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was none of the none of the main systems I used. So like my PS4 Pro, Xbox One, my Switch, all that stuff was thankfully completely untouched. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. People really don't give electronics enough credit. The thing is that powered off electronics don't really care about water. It's That's the powered true. On stuff that cares. Yeah. Um, like you let it dry out, it'll probably be fine. Um, the biggest issue you run to and you know, what people are usually used to suffering through water is like cell phones. That cell phones are so sealed that the water, once it gets in, doesn't really have a good way to get out. Mm-hmm. And the batteries are sealed in most phones these days. Um, so you can't take the battery out to depower the phone completely. Yep. Um, but, but like, for instance, um, well, I'm not sure if that counts that much, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Most people seem to not touch stuff. Like, there's always like, oh, put it in rice. Like, yeah, the rice draws out some of it, but really, the rice is just getting you to stop touching the phone. I was don't I was touch the say, console. Yeah, don't touch I've the seen... controller. Don't touch the phone. Don't you... touch your mom's vibrator. Just you let it and dry I, <laughs> you and I have talked a lot about this at length. Not the mom's vibrator thing, but we've talked about <laughs> you know the phone and rice thing before. And yeah, like you and I, we've talked about. It and we've said it's like honestly the best thing if if something electronic gets wet the best thing you can do is rip it apart completely as much as you can and don't touch it for several days yep run air over it yeah the the next best thing is put it out somewhere let it dry out don't touch it for a while Mm -hmm. but like as you said with the rice thing it's like and I've, i've heard this not just from you but from other people when you dunk something in rice 
it's more the fact that you're not touching it or utilizing it that's going yeah. to help it. It might help a tiny bit with with moisture, but the bigger issue you're going to run into is the particles of grain that are all over the place at that point. That's yeah. going to you're, you're kind in one way you're switching out one issue for another. So like even when some people say, "Oh, I took my phone that was," uh, <laughs> I'll be right back really quick. Nobody <laughs> normally bark that much. All right, you got your dog taken care of. Yeah, I'm not sure where her deal was. Okay. She's, uh, Real concerned to kiss about something. Probably. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was hearing outside. Nova bark, and I thought it was Lily at first. I was like, wait, no, because I'm, I'm using headphones right now. I was like, that's not coming from the house. That's coming from your audio. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know about that. Well, I heard a little bit of noise earlier, so she got worked up about something and then just kept getting worked up, I guess. But, hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. She, uh... Um, I thought she was just making noise in her sleep originally, but she got really <laughs> she, loud. She does full straight like, up hmm. barking in their in her sleep, really? No, she does. The, no, no, no. This is you probably couldn't hear this. Um, she does this little like, kind of like little half puppy bark thing when she's asleep and having certain dreams. Oh, that's cute. Um, Lily's only done that once. Oh, uh, really? No, it does it pretty frequently. Yeah. See, um, that's that's the dream. <laughs> yeah she's a pretty active sleeper i'll have her like sleeping in my lap or whatever and um she just like starts like kind of grinding her teeth <laughs> and oh. like chewing on stuff that's not there i'm like what are you doing dog yeah thankfully lily does it's, it's not really do weird that. it's not like she's not opening her mouth so she's not like chewing on anything around her but um it's just weird <laughs> mm-hmm. no i understand anyway. dogs dogs can be weird at times man Dude, dogs just are weird. Not even at times. They are, but it's so great. It is pretty yeah. great. Anyways, oh, yeah. where were yeah, we? Uh, you know, uh, something about the house and cutting up. The last thing I remember was cutting up the, uh, uh, cutting up all the uh, carpet and such. Um, the other thing was that I wanted to bring up with that night where oh, we it was worked wet until consoles. like you're talking about the N64. Y- yes, yes, People yes, being yeah, bad so, with rice. Yeah, so that's no. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, thank you for that. So no, in regards to that, like we were talking about, you know, people just like t- I think the last thing I was gonna say was, you know, a lot of people have said, oh, well, I put my phone in rice after it got wet and it was fine after a few days, and it's like, well. You probably also didn't power it on, which, as I know from you, from other people, from research and such, when electronics get wet, if they are on, you want to power them off immediately. If they're off, you don't want to turn them on for days on end. So it's like, yeah, you put it somewhere where you were not able to access it yourself, and then it was fine. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is, like, you know people's lives revolve around their phones a lot, so I get the desire to try and touch it as soon as possible but if you can't afford to replace it you really should just let it sit for at least a week Mm -hmm. um if you are so important that you need to have access to your phone then sure you know maybe maybe you should get a backup maybe try to use it but like yeah maybe you should get a backup phone if you're that important um (laughs) but i've actually been meaning to get um now that people are making flip phones again well i guess they never really stopped but they're making like some semi decent ish flip phones now that can do like the like run android or whatever um, yeah, yeah, yeah i've kind of wanted to get one just to have as like my backup phone for like if anything ever happened to my iphone i could use it instead sure. or something it just seems like it'd be convenient um biggest issue now though is that there's like 15 different size sim cards and 
you'll never have the right one between two different phones. Yeah, and especially if you're going to do such a big downgrade like that, you're you're going to need an adapter to most likely go yeah. to a bigger um, SIM card, which is fine. But, yeah, yeah, I've heard some mixed things about those adapters. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made them and used them before, but... Um, I was about to make one, and then uh, I found out, oh, I can go to my carrier and get one. Why am I doing this? Yeah. So I've had to, I I had, like, a regular SIM card, and then I had, like, a mini SIM card, and then I think a Nano SIM. I think those are the the three that I've used. Well, now they're doing the eSIMs. It's like CDMA called. It wants its technology back. Oh, is is Um, eSIM just everything is just electronic on the system? It's basically just a programmable SIM card that's embedded in the phone. Okay. um, Which is, like... I'm not going to claim to be an expert on the cell phone uh, authentication technologies, but I'm pretty sure CDMA has worked that way since the dawn of time. Um, so it's just I can't like, specifically speak to that in regards to CMA. I've just, I've almost all my life, I've had GSM based phones. Yeah. But, yeah. well, I mean, that's why CDMA phones don't have um, SIM cards, is they, they have their own little built in thing. They don't yep, use. Yep. They don't use the same technology stack, so it's and, kind of not accurate to say that they have embedded SIM cards. But And then I don't know if this is 100% correct, but I've at least seen that, like, let's say an iPhone, for example, if an iPhone's on Verizon, which is obviously CDMA, and if you unlock a Verizon iPhone, I have been mm-hmm. told that once you unlock it, you essentially convert the phone to GSM, so you cannot ever use it on a CDMA-based line. You have to just use GSM. I'm not sure if that's still accurate. I don't know either. Um, I I was finding conflicting reports on it, and there was a friend of mine who he was wanting to buy like a cheap, somewhat cheap Verizon iPhone and unlock mm. it for AT and T. And I gave him that heads up. I said, "Look, I can't verify this 100, percent but based on my research that I've done here, this could be an issue. It's your mm. choice if you want to spend 300 dollars and take that risk." Yeah, I don't think that's a thing with any modern phones anymore. Back in the day, there always used to be a GSM version and a CDMA version of all the phones. Yeah. And you would run into, like, you can't really unlock one phone to the other because it's just physically different hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I would be surprised again, if you've got, for like, a while the CDMA carriers wouldn't let you program an unlocked phone in the first place. Yeah, but, but, but then, as I said, like, now it's like you, you get, like, you know, Verizon, like an iPhone on Verizon, for example, where even though Verizon CDMA, it still has a SIM card slot in there. Yeah. Um, honestly, it still kind of shocks me that unlocked phones are a thing in the United States. Um, I'm glad that they are because I don't want to buy a phone through my carrier ever. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, just most people aren't using them. The people who are enthusiasts and are probably creating a pretty large burden but maybe the, maybe I, i'm underestimating the number of people buying used phones and that's i feel like that people going i feel like people are a lot more aware of unlocked phones now yeah maybe um i don't know i just feel like like even people who know about them i don't know people get their phones on lease too much from carriers um because nobody wants to I buy like a twelve hundred dollar phone, but you can but the pay is, thirty dollars a month over the course of I don't know two three years for it. Yeah, but the problem is that like our phones cost twelve hundred dollars in the U.S. because people are so used to hiding the costs in their cell phone bill. Exactly. Um, like a lot of phones are cheaper in Europe purely because of they I haven't buy looked their at phones the price comparisons on that. Um, but that doesn't. Really I'll admit that it's been true. a long time since I've looked into it, but so maybe that's not true anymore. But. From what I remember, last time I was really looking into it, everything was always cheaper over there because people buy their phones outright and they don't want to pay the super premium 
sure american it's kind of like it's kind of like health insurance like you're the hospitals in the u.s charge a lot more because they know you're hiding everything all the costs of everything in insurance there's not really any regulations telling them not to and that's how a box Um, of tissues costs like 45 dollars yeah it's like this is medical grade advil costs you know 500 dollars a pill it's like no it didn't like Um, it's like, oh, well, this one has the special, like, uh, FDA certification. It's like, what? That's, no, like, even if that's true, that's such a stupid reason for it to cost 30 times as much, um, if not more. Mm-hmm. But, but obviously, like, all pills are FDA certified. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. Stuff like that is always FDA certified. But, sure. Um, I was referring more to, like, when you hear about someone, like, you get the Band-Aid at the hospital. It's a Band-Aid brand Band-Aid that comes in a special box that says it's for hospital use. Um, thankfully, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in hospitals, like, thankfully. So, I'm, yeah, I don't, I haven't really seen that jaded, all too much. As but, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Abolish healthcare. <laughs> yeah. No, going going back to the, uh, the basement flood, though. So, again, we had... We'd worked all night on getting all that stuff moved out. Uh, yeah. One thing I want to bring up as well, too, was before we got started, so this is between starting to move everything out with you, myself, and my girlfriend, and uh, then the plumbers leaving, uh, we had we were hungry. So we decided to go to Taco Bell. And that was Taco like, Bell. so what, what time was it? Was that like 1130 at that point? It might have been closer to midnight. I think we worked for a while after the plumbers left. It, before we did. We were we, like, oh, yeah, food exists. No, 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 no. I remember because I was hungry. Like, <laughs> was it right away? Maybe it was right away. It was pretty right away. I but... think I think we talked about our game plan a little bit. And yes, then we went that's to it. food. That's it. So uh, I remember we ended up going there. And it was like... the. It, it was the worst Taco Bell experience because, first of all, okay, you don't go there for the experience. You have to go in there, ex- like, kind of level setting what you're going to be getting. But mm-hmm. I'll put it like this. Like, people there were obviously high. Everything was real slow. And then I just – I got three tacos and I kind of did the keto thing and just took all the stuff out of the shells and ate that separately, which is fine. But, you know, it's not hard to mess up a taco. But when – they had three chances, and every single taco had. It, David, it wasn't just like a little bit. I think you tried to downplay. No, no, I it was, saw it. It was. It bad. was a, each of my tacos on the outside had a glob of sour cream that were just like pasted onto them, and I'm like, how the fuck yeah. is this happening? Your food, I don't remember what you got, but your food was completely falling apart. My girlfriend's food yeah. was completely falling apart as well. Like they couldn't put anything together right. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know, Taco Bell. I mean, I hadn't been to Taco Bell in ages anyway. Um, like, You're I had Taco Bell twice when I was there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just don't eat out ever. Um, and if mm-hmm. I'm going to go eat out, I'm going to um, go to, like, Chipotle or Chick-fil-A. Um, something something that feels more oh, worth the money. You, you said since we had a couple times here, do you remember <laughs> Do you remember the kind of like the, the meth head lady we saw the second time we went? I do remember the very ragged old lady that you keep calling a meth head, yes. Dude, because she was itching and like kind of twitching and everything and <laughs> she, just like all the all the photos that, that you saw and I'm just saying all the photos you saw in school of this is what happens when you're on meth. Like she was she, fitting yeah. those super well. That is definitely true. 
Yeah. Um, I will not dispute that. So, so tangent here, the reason why I'm bringing this up with so it was such importance is because at one point we were going, as we were getting all the stuff situated, let me fast forward here a little bit. We got everything moved out. We started cleaning up the consoles, all that other stuff, doing what we could, setting them out. We slept. We got back up later. The game plan then was... Um, as per like you would kind of toss us out as an idea you said hey dude you might not want to do carpet again i said executive decision we're not doing carpet anymore so we ended up doing some vinyl and uh vinyl we just, planks vinyl planks exactly so we end up like finding a color that worked we end up buying it we got the tools we need to set up we had to let it sit in the basement for a couple of days but in the midst of all that at one point um I think this is when we were getting the siding. Like, so we had laid down the the floor. We were just getting the siding and stuff. Oh, the quarter round? Yes. We had gone. So now fast forwarding throughout the week, because um, I took off. By the way, just to let people know, I took off work for this as well, too. I just want all this shit done. Because the thing mm. is, not only we saved some money, like, I, I guess I didn't go through insurance because I canceled my claim, but... If I had gone through insurance, I probably would have lost a lot more and probably paid a little less, but maybe over time, if my premium went up, it would have been fine. But I, I paid David. I felt like a good amount for your for your work. Um, yeah. I paid I you in a bunch of games paid. as well, too, because I had a bunch of doubles that I went through, <laughs> so and I was games. like, here, take I need take to buy a new shelf now. <laughs> Dude, you bought, you, you not bought, you took two bags full of games. I was proud. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you, uh... We're okay with that. Yeah, no, it was um, all good. Well, I was so, like, like I grabbed the games that I thought were interesting. I was like, hey, Danny, there's all these consoles I never owned. What are yeah, like some that was must one thing. from da- these? David's and never then you were owned- just like, yeah, David's yeah, never, never owned a PS2. A PS2 so the next time I see you, anything. I got to get you a PS2. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I but, don't know why I never got a PS2 out of nostalgia because, um, my best friend, like, elementary school had a PS2, so, like, that's where all my exposure to the PS2 was. But really, we only played, like, one of the Jack and Daxter's games, because mm-hmm. it was basically Grand Theft Auto. I don't remember which one it was. I'm it sure was probably Jack 2. Maybe. Because the first um, Jack and Daxter was not Grand Theft Auto-based at all. It was... Gra- Gra- Jack, two. J- Jack 2 was the one that was described as being, like, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, this cover looks familiar. Yeah, um, that was a great game. Yeah, it was super fun, but it was like Grand Theft Auto, except it was rated T for teens, so uh, our parents didn't make us not play it. Exactly. Because um, we were allowed to play T-rated games, but M-rated games... Those, those were, were no. The, those were the devil. I don't think... My parents might have never let me buy a M-rated... Or they let me buy M-rated games once I hit like high school, but they wouldn't buy them for me. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it would... Th- I think from what you've told me before, you said even for some M-rated games, you had to have your friends buy them for you. And then once you turned 17, it was very much a thing of, you can buy these, but we're not going to buy any M-rated games for you. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, It was younger than 17 where um, I was allowed to buy them, but they wouldn't buy them for me. Okay. I don't remember exactly when that was. It might have just been that my parents realized that I had friends who had credit cards now, so I was getting them no matter what, so they might as well just be like, we're not going to buy them for you. But the only reason, actually, I think the only reason I knew that they wouldn't buy them for me is my brother tried to get, was it Dragon Age Origins? Is that a, is that a game that exists? Uh, it is, yeah. It's an M-rated is game it, that exists. Is it old enough for that to make sense timeline uh, Yes, it did yeah, come out. When, yeah, it is. Because we, we were in the same graduating year, so yeah, it came out when we were in high school. Yeah, so Kernath wanted that, and he asked for it for like Christmas or something. Um, and they wouldn't get it for him because it was 
M-rated, which, I mean, he's a big dum-dum. He knew that they didn't really like M-rated games that much, and it's rated M for, uh, have it up right here on Steam, partial nudity and sexual content. Hmm. Oh, that's the, the devil. Think that think the traditional Christian parents, God-fearing parents like that. Uh, <laughs> it's a hard no. They were okay with the blood and violence and language, but um, you see some titty, you're going straight to hell. Yep. Gotta love parent logic on that, but oh well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna question. It. I'm glad that we uh, got access to our supposedly violent games. Um, you know, surprisingly, I do not have an uncontrollable rage to go and shoot up a mall or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know, kind of side tangent here, but I've, I mean, I've talked with friends who, like, they grew up pirating, even I myself, like, I was, you know, pirating games here and there and such, mm-hmm. and um, it was, one of my friends had told me a story of, like, when he was younger, he was, like, maybe, like, 12 or something when he had first flashed his Xbox 360's disk drive, and it was funny, because, like, his parents... They let him, they, they gave him the TV, they bought him the Xbox, they bought him all the weird tools he needed, they bought him the computer, they bought him the blank discs, but they said he could absolutely positively not play Modern Warfare 2, and they were not going to buy it for him, and he was not allowed to play it because it was so violent. <clears throat> so it leaked out online at one point, he flashed his disk drive, he downloaded a copy <sighs> of the game, burned it over, and at one point his parents found out, and they were like, how the hell are you playing this game? We told you that you couldn't buy it. And he's like, you did tell me that. <laughs> but you all bought the console and the computer and the internet and the blank discs that I burned this game to. It's a bold move right there. It's a good yeah, and at, at that point they were just like, okay, up. you outsmarted us. Fine, keep your violent game. We don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no. Um, kind of going back to this. So in the midst of it, we were we were coming back from Home Depot, and we stopped at a Taco Bell, and <laughs> you picked up. The story this. is all over the place. <laughs> You picked up on this more than I did, but I remember you and I, we were looking to see what we were going to get, and there was this dad and his, I don't know, maybe like six, seven-year-old girl, and yeah, as then, as, as I said, like the, okay, I'll, I'll use better term, the, the questionable <laughs> woman ended up coming around with one of her superiors, who I'm pretty sure was her manager, and she looks dead on at this little girl and points at her and screams, don't you ever touch touch that thing? (laughs) Yeah, that. Like, with that scary voice and everything. So we turn around, and what what was the girl doing? I'm the Wicked Witch of the West! Pretty much. She was very (laughs) witchly. But this girl was touching a kiosk. Like, there's some Taco Bells now, they have a kiosk where you could just order everything there. And David, you had picked up on it, where you said it's like the kiosks are putting people out of jobs. So that's why she was saying that. It's like the self-checkout of fast food, basically. Yeah, I think it's convenient. Either way, what happened was the manager was immediately like, hey, you can't be doing that. We told you about that. We're so sorry. We're so sorry about that. No, honey, you can touch that. It's fine. You can. It's okay. She didn't mean that. You cannot be talking to people like that. That is a child. Like, and the manager chewed her out in the back room. This was yeah, and like, then the bit. lady ended up coming back over um, when like we when we were finished ordering, and then when the next people like the dad and his daughter were ordering, and then I think it was the assistant manager who also told her she was like, "You can't be doing that. We told you you can't be doing that." <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that I mean that... I can understand the frustration. Um, Personally, I think those she weird came out little screaming at that kiosks. small. Yeah, child. no, it was it was the wrong it was the wrong reaction for sure. Um, personally, I think those weird like self checkout 
placed immediately across from the cashiers and the fast food places are a little weird. Um, I can see them being nice maybe if the place is really busy. I've used one, I used one at Panera Bread, but those ones, they actually put them not immediately across from the cashier, which I think is a little bit more tactful. Um, mm-hmm. All the ones I've seen in like a, the like fast food, fast food places, they always seem to like put them facing like like the screen is facing towards the cashier. So <laughs> so it's just making I, fun of Oh, no, it just, it just kind of like seems unnecessarily mean. It makes it too obvious that you're going and using this thing instead of talking to them. Sure, sure. Um, it'd be like if the self-checkout lines at like Walmart and Target and stuff were like sharing space with the normal cashier lines or it was just like very obvious you're going there because you don't want to deal with interacting with a human right now mm-hmm. um or in my case i want to make sure that there's not very many bags being used because i don't want to take multiple trips out to my car <laughs> but <laughs> yeah 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 no so also i don't want to be asked about red rewards card or whatever they're called I understand. <laughs> so that, that that just happened there, but in short, um, no. Nah, what we did afterwards was we got the uh, we got the floor installed the next day. We got all the siding, and then we started getting you know the big stuff moved back in. And then aside from that, it was really just kind of clean up, and um, then all the game stuff was on my own. So again, that yeah, that well, took we about the, a week. We got which, the furniture down and organized. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing with that, the big thing that helped with everything as well too is that like um, with spending a little more is that not only you know I wasn't going through insurance on that because um, David was telling me here that yeah if you put a claim on there you know your insurance could go up for an undisclosed amount of time, but on yeah. top of yeah, that, and you asked explicitly and, and they they wouldn't they, give you a straight answer. They gave me the best non-answer they could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which you know yeah. the phone guy was just doing his job. But, man, sure, it's so annoying. Like. Sure. Because you know that there is, like, a very strict, like, internal procedure of determining whether your premiums will go up and how much they go up. I almost wonder if maybe it's a legal thing where they don't want to say one way or the other. I think it's probably that. They don't want to be liable on that and say, well, you said this. I'm wondering if it's maybe there's, like, regulations saying, like, you can't have, um, like, uh like premiums go up in response to claims which like you know every insurance does ever but yeah it's kind of they they need to say like well we reevaluated your risk and we increased your premiums rather than saying (laughs) we're increasing your premiums because you used the service you've been paying for for the past x years because you fucked up yeah something like that but yeah we um the main takeaway for me on that was like there was a lot of got to flip my schedule all around and you know not sleep and do a bunch of other stuff and find out that uh that i don't drink energy drinks that much anymore but the energy <laughs> drink bang makes my stomach hurt never oh, tried it. It, it yeah dude i told you because you remember like we had one we split one and i was kind of lagging a little bit and i told you i was like no i just don't feel good i don't actually i i guess maybe i didn't know that you were attributing it to the bang though no i guess maybe i didn't say it out loud but yeah no it was i drank that bang and then shortly after, for like the next like hour or two, my stomach just kind of slightly hurts, and then it cleared. Thankfully, it did energize yeah. me, but I also just I didn't feel good. Um, but no, just in regards to this here, we got all that done within a week, and by that I mean you know from disaster, getting it repaired, getting everything removed, dried up, laying down new floor, finalizing it, and putting the stuff where it needed to go. That took a week, and going through all the proper channels and such. 
it would have taken much longer to do yeah. all that, to get it all cleaned, and I probably would have lost a lot more, because, again, I really I really didn't mm-hmm. lose anything of value, thank goodness. Well, and, like, you know, for all the stuff they wanted you to pay for, like, you would pay them to rip up the carpet and lug it up, and, like, I don't know, what'd that take us? Probably 45 minutes, maybe an hour to get yeah, all your d- carpet up. It really like, didn't take that long. It's not, it's and, not skilled, it's not and, hard. And then on top um, of that as well, you gotta realize, we did that immediately, like, a few hours after, yeah. uh, the tr- like, everything struck. Um, but they would have had, because it was, that was Sunday evening, and then it was into Monday we were working, um, by earliest, we could have had someone doing that on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, and the longer you leave all that stuff down there, wet and disgusting, uh, the more damage it's going to do to everything. Yeah, and then, the, like, they were going to carry up the furniture, like, that wasn't that hard, like, at all, like, you know, um, your girlfriend was taking shelves up. Yes. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, you know, and she's not like a bodybuilder or anything like it's easy stuff to do and like we saved all of the furniture um because we did everything quickly um and like they were gonna spray their nonsense stuff everywhere which i'm sure maybe could have been more important if it was bigger although when i was looking up that antimicrobial spray for mold i i'm convinced that it doesn't really do anything okay um (laughs) but the thing is that like if you have enough mold that it's a problem then you need to remove the mold and not spray it with something like you need to remove the drywall and i remember Um, you and i we talked and they were going to tear off all your molding your molding was fine your molding's real wood so it didn't even take on any water yep um And that just would have been another thing. And then you would have had to repaint the drywall too, which would have been another expense. And, um, you know, they weren't going to do the floor install, obviously. So then you would have had that separate thing. And the floor installers have been like, oh, well, we don't do molding. And then you would have to pay some contract for that. And it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. So no, many moving I... parts for, and like they would have created a bunch of work that you had to pay for that you wouldn't have had to otherwise. Yeah. I was going to say that, um, Pat the NES Punk on one of his, I think I want to say it was on CU podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. He had talked about his uh, his water tank going out on there, and he essentially Oof. said, you know, um, he went through the insurance to get that replaced. And let's say I just want to put a number on it. Let's say he paid six hundred dollars out of pocket mm-hmm. to get it all resolved, and essentially he went in and looked up everything, and he saw that he would have been paying the same amount to do the stuff probably himself and do everything independently as opposed to going through his insurance and doing it because the insurance had to essentially kind of skirt around it and make and and create other work i guess for lack of a better term to yeah. get him to pay that same amount of money out of his own pocket so he was like yeah. when i looked at it i actually really didn't save anything out of pocket i seemed i spent the exact same money i would have filing the insurance claim and going through insurance as opposed to doing this all independently well and a lot of this stuff too like you you know it like seems daunting it's like oh man there's this whole industry around doing this stuff but like a lot of this stuff just isn't hard and there's so much stuff on youtube now like my grandmother she turned 80 this year if i remember right sorry if i got that wrong grandma Uh, but i'm pretty (laughs) sure she turned 80 this year um she and uh her son um who isn't particularly handy um sorry uncle rick um at least i don't think he is maybe he's maybe he's more handy than i give him credit for but i don't think he i i don't i would not like knowing him i it's not something i would like 
it's not an adjective I'd put on him. But anyway, um, like, my grandma and my uncle, who doesn't do this stuff all that often, replaced her water tank, her water heater tank, um, mm-hmm. alone with no help, just, like, by watching YouTube videos and just, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think they might have called my dad and gotten a little bit of advice at some point, but, like, it's not, it's not hard. Like, and her water tank is, like, up on a pedestal, too, so, like, I think that's the only reason that um, she wanted uh, my uncle's help was because mm-hmm. you have to get this giant heavy tank up onto this thing um yeah it was fine like it she didn't have to go through insurance she didn't have to pay anything um i i was not sure like, why she knew she had to replace it maybe it wasn't heating up very well anymore but not so much with uh with house stuff but more with car stuff i have felt mm-hmm. better doing the youtube thing on that um because yeah. i even i i tweeted about this a bit but like for example um well, I, I've done a few things to my girlfriend's car. The stereo install, I already knew how to do, but you can do that online. Like, you can find plenty of guides on that online. Mm-hmm. Um, there was... Uh, I had essentially refurbished her her uh, headlights, which I already knew how to do that as well, too. But no, it was... I told you about this, and again, I posted it up online as well. Um, but recently, she ended up damaging her passenger side mirror. And it was funny because that same day, uh, shout out to this guy. He has no idea who I am, but uh, Scotty Kilmer, absolutely love his channel. Super easy to binge watch his videos and such. You could just go down a rabbit hole of car knowledge and such through there. But I had watched a video he did about uh, replacing a handle on a car. And mm-hmm. he went through the process of, you know, taking off the door panel and doing all this other stuff. And it looked pretty easy to do. And I was like, oh, this seems to be fine. And um, what happened? Then girlfriend hit me up and she said, hey, I ended up breaking this mirror on the side of my car. And I went online. Thankfully, she has an, er, an older car. So not only those older cars are like Legos when it comes to everything. But <laughs> on top of that, I, that's the best way to describe it. But like they're like Legos. But on top of that, yeah. because they're so old and there's so many of them, uh, it's really easy to find cheap, affordable, good parts for them. Yep. So I linked her something. I said, all right, this is what you can do. If you want, we can take it to a shop. We can have them replace it, paint it, put it on and everything. You can spend a few hundred bucks. Or here's this Amazon link. Spend 30 bucks. Make sure it gets here. I can install it for you because it doesn't really look that hard. And Mm -hmm. it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. It's not going to match the rest of your car, but it's going to be 35 bucks. Yeah. And yeah, brand new, like whole assembly with the mirror, the glass, everything on there. And uh, took uh, admittedly, it took me longer than needed on there because I was going through, I watched mm-hmm. like a video on actually how to do it a couple of times and uh, just going through the process of taking, you know, the whole door frame off and such. And then I made sure the mirror was on there. And then I found out that um, this is a fun thing on she's got a 1998 and apparently, so the 98 through the 2002 Accord, they use the same style. But yeah. on the 1999, they went from, how do I say it? On the 1998, you put in the mirror, and then you have to screw it in. But on the mm. 99 to 2002, it's the opposite. These screws are already in the mirror, and you have to bolt them on. Uh. So I had to run to Home Depot. I spent two bucks on nuts and washers, came back, and then I finished and just worked backwards. And again, it was like, you know, took an hour, hour and a half of my time, which even then it's like, if I adjust that to professionally, yeah, I saved quite a bit. Of, I've saved myself and oh, yeah. quite a bit of money just doing that all myself. So it's like $35 yeah. extremely well spent. Cause it was like, 
she paid like 33 34 bucks for the mayor and then i just paid for the the nuts and the washers mm-hmm. yeah it's not hard you know you learn a little bit each time if you ever had to go into that door for something else say like the uh the electronic lock stops working or something like or, you know, or if i ever want to do a speaker upgrade something that's yeah, i guess that's more realistic upgrade, for like, me <laughs> yeah but like you know you know a lot more about what's going on there now and next time you do something it's gonna be a lot easier um like i do all my own work on my car um and like i'm starting to get a little like overly familiar um with the uh the engine oh man i should know it's the 1mz something or other um Words, words, words. Or oh, I have my. my manual, it's your engine. But, <laughs> yeah, it's my engine. I guess. Yeah, unless you have a car person. I'm sure if there's a car person here, they're cringing that I don't know my engine uh, <laughs> model by heart. But like, I, I'm getting a little too familiar with how this thing is structured at this point, just from um, doing things, and I just kind of read stuff. In my opinion, the biggest barrier to entry on car maintenance stuff, especially if you don't have a car that's super common where you can just go find very specific videos about your car mm-hmm. is that the factory service manuals are always locked behind paywalls yep um which is really upsetting and sometimes those paywalls are very unobvious of how you can get to them it's not obvious if you have to pay once um i know why the manufacturers have the paywalls because they want the um, auto body shops to be spending a bunch of money on their subscriptions to get access to them but um i don't know it's just such a mess and it, it i don't know I, f- I would if there were a car manufacturer who had them up for just out in the open i'd feel a lot better because like i've been debugging an issue in my car recently um where my uh my airbag lights stuck on mm-hmm. um and it's like only half on um which kind of implies that's probably an electrical issue not actually because the uh srs system is having a fault because there's no fault codes or anything mm-hmm. um and like i'm lucky enough to have access to my factory service manual um and you know i went in the wiring diagram and i found out where that light was and i followed the wire through the wiring diagram to see where it's hooked up and um you know, I've been able to do some basic diagnostics. Unfortunately, this fault killed my battery, so I can't drive my car right now or start it to try and oh, check other things. Um, which is one of the other reasons I'm trying to fix it, because I do have my battery is um, definitely discharging faster than it should, and the battery's not very old. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that kind of implies that there's something something funky going on. Really hope it's not the, uh, the uh, airbag controller um because i don't imagine that's cheap but for your um, sake unfortunately I the best. <laughs> yeah unfortunately um when i was kind of looking at where it is in the car which i have a nice diagram of my car showing where it is mm-hmm. um or where everything is um unfortunately it's on the other side of the firewall from the o2 sensor i replaced um and i'm thinking because it, it started having this issue pretty shortly after i placed the o2 sensor i'm thinking i had a tool bang against the firewall when i was loosening up something or something mm-hmm. and because yeah you replaced maybe, yours it maybe damaged a sensor or made it angry or who knows i would think that it would be a different fault condition for that but anyway i'm getting real off base here <laughs> um but point is like you know i have access to this information so it's way easier to work on my car and like there's the unofficial service manuals like um 
I think it's, is it Hayes? Does Hayes make one? I think that's... Uh, I was going to say, before we delve too far into uh, the service manual searches and such Haynes, here... that's what I was thinking of. Haynes um, does Like, it? I have the Haynes one, and, like, okay. it's okay, but it's not nearly as detailed, and because it's a physical book, they have to, like, condense everything down real far, whereas, like, the wiring diagram for my car is this 583-page um, document. Like, it's... Like, you, you, you don't want the whole thing printed out. You just want to yeah, be able yeah, to yeah, control yeah. F through it. Um, but It's really nice having those documents available directly to you. Yeah. 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 Um, the engine immobilizer system. I do but, want to move back to the basement, though, before we get too far yeah, off base Yeah, here. I don't even know how but, we ended up on car stuff. <laughs> uh, we were talking about just, like, repairs and everything, and then I was the one who brought that up. But, um, yeah. no, in regards to that, so this is also... <laughs> This is going to be the uh, the next project here. Or, you know, no, no, it's all good. Well, I can talk about it this another episode. Uh, point is, we got the basement redone and everything. David, thank you for taking your time out to do all that because that was no problem. Absolutely it's great. Nice and yeah, my uh, my knees hurt quite a bit from laying down all that floor. They all still hurt, right? No, no, no. Thankfully, no. Oh, they're, <laughs> they they're, still hurt. You need to go to the doctor. Yeah, there'd be a major medical issue. But I think you saw it was like that because we laid down the floor in one day, and then the next day at one point, I got down on my knees, and I just my knees yeah, completely owned me. It's rough yeah. when you're not used to doing that stuff all the time. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> even if you do it all the time, I think you just get used to the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but so. Yeah. The next thing I want to talk about, David, I'm not sure how much you followed this. I know I brought it up to you, but uh, did you hear about the whole YouTube verification badge issue? I did, only because you told me about it. Um, yes. Well, actually, that's not true. All the YouTubers I follow on Twitter started um, shrieking about it. So um, for anybody who's listening to this now and you don't know about what I'm talking about, and I'd be actually a bit surprised, but some people just Especially since follow. it's over now. Yeah, yeah. Kinda. Well, I, I, it's just kind of the meta of YouTube. Some people might not follow it. But if you look at like my channel, for example, many channels that have a established branding of some kind or they are a established figure or it's a channel that is at least 100,000 subscribers in size, they have a little check mark next to them and it's called a verification badge. And for example, mine just proves I am the one and only Mr. Mario 2011 on YouTube. Anybody else who tries to pass themselves off as Mr. Mario 2011, like with the exact same name and such, that is not the the real one. That's a fake. I'm the real one. But it's also mm. kind of a, it's almost looked at as like a badge of honor too, I guess, on the YouTube sphere, because on yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they all have verification badges and such. On those services, you have, it, it's it's up to the company. You have mm -hmm. to quali you used to be able to apply, but now at this point, I think Instagram you still can. But regardless, typically you have to hit some kind of threat, not threshold, but you have to be some kind of certain figure, have some yeah. kind of notoriety, be known somehow. And at that point, the company then decides, hey, like, um, I'm thinking like, let's say Nothing Nowhere, for example, one of my favorite artists. Once he's mm -hmm. buzzing enough on Twitter, they'll say, hey, this guy is becoming a really well-known artist he has so much interaction he has so he's becoming known off and on the platform let's go ahead and verify this account as his so people know this is the official nothing nowhere account and that's how that generally goes but on youtube i would say 
in in a sense because this, I'm not I'm not trying to downplay this and say it's easier by any means, but I would say because of that, it is the easiest one to get verified on because mm-hmm. there is a clearer threshold. Which if you're not a because for example, people really don't. It's not like I'm super famous all over the place and people yeah. just like instantly know me. But on YouTube, there is a tangible goal of oh, once I hit 100,000 subscribers, I get my verification badge. That's it. Mm-hmm. So YouTube, I want to say it was on Tuesday of this week, which this is, yeah, this is uh, because we're recording this a few days before it comes out, but this was on September 17th. There was an email that went out to almost, almost every single verified channel owner. I don't even think it was almost, I think it was everyone. No, no, no. There there were two emails that went out. So if you got one like me, it essentially said that we're going to be making some changes to the way we handle verification badges and you no longer qualify for your badge. If you think you should or you think this is a mistake, please appeal using this form right here. We're not going to be making these changes until like late October, something like that. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the other email, which I obviously didn't get, it was a very small minority of people who did. They would get an email saying we're changing the way verification badges are being changed and handed out and such. You are going to be keeping your verification badge mm-hmm. so you have nothing to worry about. So yeah, I didn't hear about that. Uh, not that many people got it. Is <laughs> Apparently. There, yeah, there were. And, and even there was really no rhyme or reason as to how people got theirs and such. I saw like Yang Ya, for example, he had said he was kind of doing a little bit of a survey on his own. And he was saying that he thinks it's something between how frequently people are uploading and how many views they get and view to sub ratio and all that stuff. But I even found exceptions to his because he was saying, mm-hmm. hey, I feel like if you're getting... If you're within this ratio, if your ratio is doing really well, you keep your badge. But if you're not, if you're under this for what your channel is, if you're technically underperforming, you don't get to keep your badge. But I saw many channels who were technically... I I saw many channels on the opposite sides of what his argument was, who Mm -hmm. were getting the, the opposite email. So there was... There was that whole thing that was going on. Um, I appealed. The appeal form was essentially, um, what is your username? What is your channel name? Are you being impersonated by anyone? If so, what are those channels that are impersonating? Do you have a unique brand or a unique branding of some kind that identifies you? And then are you known off of the platform? And if so, Mm -hmm. please cite some scholarly or like newsworthy sources where you've been posted up on. And... This is not a problem anymore because every there's nobody who's defending this. Everybody was against it. Every single person, it seemed like. And yeah. even I myself, I had I put out some justification, but I was still against it. And I wasn't really heated about it. I was more just confused because to me, it felt like YouTube was creating a pla- they were creating a problem that didn't need to exist because yeah. they had said they had said on Twitter that the reason why they're doing this is because they've talked with many users and creators who said that they were confused with what the verification badge meant. Mm-hmm. And they were confusing it for quality, like, like, hey, if you have this badge, this is a high-quality channel, as opposed yeah. to um, being official. Like, this is the official Mr. Mario 2011 channel. Yeah, which is why Twitter got rid of theirs, too. Or they didn't really get rid of it, but they stopped accepting people into the verification program. 
Um, although she says managed to convince them to give him a badge, even after they explicitly told him, no, we're not giving you a badge. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so good good on she says for having that. But again, then it's one of those things you can't apply. It's just up to the platform. Yeah, it was really funny. I think he got his verification badge the same day YouTube sent him an email saying he was losing it there. Yeah, but when we're talking about <laughs> verification badges, a Twitter verification badge is more prestigious than a YouTube verification badge. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But the YouTube one didn't even make sense. Like, I get, because there are, I did see um, some, like, lists of people on youtube that like should not have had a verification badge yeah um, there's um and I was, I was gonna bring that up i i think maybe the only issue here is like so like we're gonna really rewind it back back when the first verification badges were going out um there were multi-channel networks that were straight up selling their verification badges that were mm-hmm. gaming the system so freedom was what? the worst one of those so for example Essentially, what they could do is, um, I know uh, of this from Epos Vox, for example, and I've even been told this kind of third party from some other YouTubers, but apparently, Freedom was known as, like, the guys to go to if you really want a verification badge, so you could go and partner with them, and then if they took your channel and put it in their managed content network as opposed to affiliate, so if they put it under managed and then submitted you for a verification badge, you could get your badge, and then you could just leave Freedom if you wanted to. So mm-hmm. Freedom was doing that. They also created subnetworks. So people were straight up trying to, they were creating subnetworks under Freedom and they were selling the verification badges. Um, but then there were even some parts of YouTube that just gave it out. So Vadim M, for example, he's he's earned his badge. He has, he has over 100,000 subscribers, but he had his badge long before he had 100,000. And he is... Um, I think he goes through the Russian-based YouTube, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if I'm messing that up, Adam. But um, he said that he actually contacted his local support. And he asked, hey, yeah, I, I see that badge. Can I have it? And the support said, okay, here you go. Your channel's verified. <laughs> and that was it. And they didn't find out until later. They were like, oh, we're sorry. We weren't supposed to give you that badge, but we're not going to take it away from you. So yeah. it was an accident that he got it. But you also see, because of what I mentioned with Freedom, for example, all these other like little channels, because again, if if you have under 100,000 subscribers, the only mm-hmm. way you're supposed to get a badge is if you have some kind of, if you're a public figure or if you have some kind of brand tied to you. And there's a lot of channels that don't have that. Like there's yeah. one, I'm sure some people have seen it. There's one called A, like, like A-L-M-A-O. That's a channel, they don't have any content. I, I don't have their URL off the top of my head here, of course, but like I've seen them in comments before, and they always mm-hmm. get asked, how do you have the verification badge? And they said they kind of just got it. They just asked for it. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who, and I don't know who you saw, but I've at least seen it on my years in the platform. There's a lot of people who don't need the verification badge. Who yeah. <laughs> the ones I saw were like egregious examples where it was like the novelty accounts named Barack Obama and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like they are it literally impersonating someone else. Like, yes. They yep. should not be getting this check mark. Um, okay, mine issue, is just like the memes. I didn't see anything that bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I get that YouTube needs to clean up some very bad verification badges out there, but like, there's better ways to do this. It, like it's like it seems like they probably could have just done. If you have less than a thousand subscribers, you lose your verification badge. Anyone between a thousand and a hundred thousand maybe gets questioned. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe come up with something more complicated yeah, for them. Some, but something like please provide more information on why you should keep your your verification <laughs> badge and if you like fill out pretty much fill out this form to appeal it and if you don't appeal by this date or if we reject your appeal then you're going to lose your verification badge and you can always yeah. reapply once you hit 100,000. But like there there were channels like Peanut Butter Gamer who's currently sitting at 2.02 million mm -hmm. and she says again at 622,000 like getting this email saying they're losing their verification badge like these are pretty big channels um i can see she says getting overlooked but i don't know i feel like peanut butter gamer is kind of a cornerstone of gaming i YouTube. think one that was one um that seemed a little more not personal as in like they were attacking him but one mm -hmm. that i guess for lack of a better term is kind of more personal on this was um swegta or swegta um he's a really great uh bully youtuber like bully the game he doesn't bully people but yeah um no, he actually, when he had 100,000, he applied to get verified. He got his verification badge. And he actually said, he's like, I've been wanting this because I've been trying to get it for a while. Not just because I want it, but because there's so many other fake Suiktas here on YouTube. Yeah. And I have brought it up with YouTube so many times, and they don't do anything about it, and they won't give me a badge. So now at this point, I'm the official one. I don't have to worry about it. And he even said to Team YouTube, he was like, you know, the, the issue I've been having for years of people impersonating me, that was completely gone the, at the moment I got my verification badge. And now at this point, it doesn't hold water. Those fake accounts, people know they're fake because they don't have my badge on there. But now you're taking this away, and I'm going to have to fight this issue all over again, which I've been fighting for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. Like, in YouTube, really... I don't know if it's as much of a problem now because um, I don't, I honestly just don't look at the comments on YouTube that often, but like a lot of the bigger YouTubers, you go to their comment sections and there's accounts with their name, but not actually them being like, click on this link for free gift cards. And it's Thankfully, like, it's not as bad, but it thing. was quite awful for a while. Yeah. I know exactly but what like, you're talking about. But like, it, it, it's like you need to. You need something to combat the system, and one of the easy ways is just, you know, train people. You don't trust the account if it's the one on the channel that has a checkmark. Also, I feel like YouTube really kind of, maybe they that's how they fix the issue, uh, by making their spam detection better. But, like, why the heck is an account with the exact name of a channel that's large allowed to post underneath its videos? Sure. Like... <laughs> It's like sure that's something that really needs to get cleaned up. And they'll too, start they'll bit. start misspelling it. You'll start getting like Mr. Mario 2001 commenting underneath your videos saying click mm -hmm. here for my gift card giveaway. Give yeah, me your social security no. number please. <laughs> um like yeah, I think when you were talking about egregious examples, um, I haven't seen the Barack Obama one, but one I've actually seen before. Like honest to god, I've seen this. I saw a channel that was verified called Mickey Mouse. That was yeah, really that was another one. A ton of on um, a, a ton of stuff they obviously did not have the rights to, but yeah. they were verified. Yeah, it's like yeah. oh, this channel got he he got the that old nineteen twenties Mickey cartoon, and he got a little oh, it wasn't even that. It was just mouse, it was, well, I know, but it's yeah. just like I'm just imagining <laughs> that from the perspective of like whoever approved that. Right, it's like right. oh, looks legit to me. Mm-hmm. This is definitely Disney. <laughs> yeah, no. They just, definitely did go through their special, like, they, mega corporation support people to get this. 
people who are doing that though like who who are allowing an account like that because it was an account that had over a hundred thousand subscribers it's like mm-hmm. dude they were not doing their job when verifying that account yeah and it was and it was verified at that point because one thing with youtube is like for example if i go right now and i change my youtube username I will no longer be verified and I have to wait a certain oh, amount of time until I can re- well it prevents stuff like Makes that sense. so like for example if I if I grow as Mr. Mario 2011 and then change my name to Mickey Mouse I don't <laughs> keep my verification badge <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah but no in in regards to that so there was a and also looks like I got the dates wrong on there um it was the 19th so it was a Thursday that happened and mm. In record time. Yeah, that I, actually went away pretty quick then. <laughs> yeah, in 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 hopes here. Like, so all this we talked about it was actually the 19th, not the 17th. So September 19th, all that stuff went down. September mm-hmm. 20th, YouTube CEO came out, and I'm looking at her Twitter, and she said, To our creators and users, I'm sorry for the frustration and hurt that we caused with our new approach to verification. While trying to make improvements, we missed the mark. As I write this, we're working to address your concerns, and we'll have more updates soon. Because that's another thing as well, too. They were saying that in order to, in the future, like starting October, apply to get verified, it becomes ambiguous. It was pretty much going to turn into Twitter, Facebook, Instagram-style verification. So... What happened was I saw that tweet and I was like, there were some people who were optimistic and I guess I was just, I, I was in a status of not really caring. I was like, there's nothing optimistic about this. She's saying that she's hurt us. That's it. There's nothing going on. <laughs> an hour later, it was like about an hour later, she issued two updates. One of them was, we've heard loud and clear how much the badge means to you. Channels that are, that currently have verification will now keep it without appeal. We'll continue reviewing those channels to ensure we're protecting creators from impersonation. More on our changes, and she linked to a YouTube creator's blog. And that's another thing. I think I've ranted about that a little bit as well, too. I I just think it's awful that YouTube has this this giant platform that they can create mm-hmm. great videos. They have the the architecture and everything to do. They, they can create great videos talking about these changes and they do to a degree on the creator insight channel. So they could even use that as an official spokesperson channel, so to speak for YouTube themselves, but mm-hmm. they don't do it. They, they have a Google blog site that they go well, it's to. Cause they, YouTube. they want to try and keep it quiet. Like in this case, they affected too many creators, but imagine if they had only done this to people who were, you know, sub 150,000 subs or something. Right. Um, right. Who don't necessarily have a voice to get well, their sub, or audiences mean, involved. Well, hold on. You said sub 150,000. That's still quite a bit. So like, do you mean like that's still sub, quite like- a bit? I'm just saying like, but like you get, you get someone above that, like significantly above that. Like, Mm-hmm. I'm saying that if if you didn't have these really big creators who were losing it too, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you didn't okay, have their audiences harping on YouTube, would YouTube have been able to sweep it under the rug and just get rid of the badges without the controversy? To be, to be honest, David, I, I want to say I think I. Th- think people would have still spoken up just because when you have sure. 100 or 150,000 even let's say sub 150,000 subscribers uh, there's still many 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 channels that have that that have good fan bases yeah yeah, yeah. but so it, you know, you're not you're not saying it for like all channels like for example with the uh when when YouTube changed how they can monetize they said mm-hmm. you have to hit this many hours of watch time and you have to have at least 1000 subscribers uh most channels who weren't hitting that watch time were dead and if you did have that watch time, you had under a thousand subscribers, so you didn't really have anyone fighting for you. Yeah. And then a lot of bigger YouTubers were saying, um, 
And, and I can agree with this to a point, but a lot of bigger YouTubers were saying, actually, this is a good change because the monetization policy is too loose right now and anyone mm -hmm. can upload anything and make money off it, which is a very dangerous precedent. Yeah, but I'm saying if they publish videos about this kind of thing in the you know YouTube creator vlog channel or whatever, like everybody will see it. As sure. opposed to where if they just send out emails to those affected, not everyone sees it. So you don't get, you know, I'm not saying PewDiePie was affected by the verification badge thing, but you don't get the PewDiePie bro fist army coming in and flooding <laughs> YouTube with YouTube hate. Right, um, right. And, you know, it's, I'm not saying people wouldn't have complained. It's just, would the number have been different in a way that the CEO of YouTube isn't going to step in and actually reverse things. Cause YouTube also I, just does not have a reputation for going back on their crappy decisions. I on, I honestly, think, <laughs> I on realistically, I honestly think they still would have made change. And I think people would have spoken up, but I think it may, maybe it would have been a different tune. I think people would yeah. have said, you already gave these creators their badges. They mm. need to keep them. If you want to bump it up to 50,000, like 150,000 subscribers for the verification badge, that's kind of shitty of you. Like, you know, as, as long, I, I think a lot of people would have said, if you want to bump it up to 150, fine. It mm. is what it is. You all have your reasons for doing it, but don't take away badges from people who already have them. Yeah, well, I was thinking more, they would do whatever the new rules are right now, but only the people under 150 are the one losing their existing badges. It was just an example. Sure. Um, but um, on that note, so, like, their supposed reason is that verification is confusing and people don't understand what it means. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely I, ridiculous. Well, I actually agree with that to some extent. I, I think the average this, person yeah. doesn't know what those check marks mean. But I'm on, so I'm sitting here on, um, obviously I'm in a browser right now. I don't know exactly what it looks like on phones. But I'm sitting here on Peanut Bar Gamer's um, channel, and he has, he has a verification check mark. And you hover over the verification check mark, because it's not super obvious. If you don't know what check marks mean around the internet, then you won't necessarily mean that that is, you know, you could see this endorsement or quality mark or something. But also it's like, dude, if you don't know what and check marks mean around the internet, come on, man. <laughs> I feel like that's the average person. You have to calibrate for the average, like, you know, 12-year-old who's using YouTube all the time. But, mm -hmm. so, you know, I want to know more about this checkmark. What does this checkmark mean? So maybe I hover over it because that's how you get more information about stuff on a computer. Mm -hmm. um, and it just says verified. It doesn't say something like, you know, this symbol means that this is the official Peanut Butter Gamer account or something. It just says verified verified what does it verify that his quality is good does it verify that he is peanut butter gamer does it verify that youtube endorses him like it just isn't very meaningful unless you are involved in this space like we are that you understand what this means and why it matters um like like there's I... not good education like there's no discoverability about what this symbol means if you don't already know what it means like, you I'm hover over the bell, it says, get notified about every new video, which we sure. know is a lie, but... Yeah, that is like, a lie. The bell, you see the bell, you know, I've never used YouTube before, I have no idea what this bell symbol means, but if I hover over it, it tells me, if you click on this, you will be notified about every new video. Mm -hmm. 
But even um, if I like, I'm doing this on Twitter, for example. So I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at like Nintendo Live's Twitter. That's just the first mm-hmm. one that came up. And if I hover over the verified badge, there's there's nothing that comes up. There's yeah, no tooltip. Yeah, I can't click it. Too. There's nothing. So it's the exact same thing on there. So yeah, again, but if, Twitter has the same issue, and that's why they're not giving out verification badges. Right, but then because people with, see the verification. That, I, with yeah. that, I really don't think anybody on Twitter is getting the verification badge confused. I've never heard that. People look at it and think, oh, this is the official, for example, it's here, not, this is the official Nintendo Life account. It's not the creators on Twitter, and it's not the people who are involved on Twitter. It's new people coming onto Twitter. They don't care about the people already using Twitter. They care about the people who are coming in and using Twitter for the first time. To that, though, I would say that's who you they should want to learn capture. what it means, then. That's just something that you'll learn with a platform. I know, but I'm after saying... After spending more than an hour on it, it's like, oh, hey, you'll learn this this little check mark here, the, either the blue check mark <laughs> or the white check mark, depending on where you're on, means that, yeah, this is the official, like, I'm looking at another one, Kel Mitchell, for example. I think you're giving the average person a little too much credit. Um, and also these are <laughs> and, and they aren't necessarily people who are going to come on Twitter and keep using it. You know, some of these people are people who are coming in and, you know, reading that one Donald Trump tweet and you go on Donald Trump's profile and there's a little there's a little check mark there. And like it's been a pretty common issue that people have seen this as Twitter's endorsement of Donald Trump, especially when there's other politicians who don't have. I have not seen that. Like I, I'm not, I'm not doubting you. I just you I won't see it on that. the platform. You see it in like comments on news websites or just the news websites themselves reporting that there's this check mark. Um, like that's why these platform holders don't like their verification badges because they've accidentally created the system that doesn't make sense to the average non-internet user. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to put yourself in the shoes of, you know, like but your see, mom who see, doesn't go even... on the internet very often and she wanders into Twitter and she sees this check mark next to Donald Trump's name, doesn't know what it means, maybe sees as this is Donald Trump, maybe she sees as Twitter endorses this account like i guess i can see that but at the same time i really do think those users need to kind of just learn what it is there especially since it's it transcends so many different things now so youtube twitter facebook and instagram they all have this well that's what i'm saying that they do need to learn and the platforms need to make it so they are able to learn Mm -hmm. they aren't just going to learn it through osmosis they don't use computers every day like you and i do they don't see this often enough to eventually figure out okay this just means that this account is big and like is the actual one Mm -hmm. um like there's just no discoverability on what it means if you don't already know what it means and you may think you know what it means and be wrong and never question that oh this isn't a mark of quality this is a mark of this is that person see it's it's interesting to me because even when you're talking about off the platform i've seen like you know you use like the donald trump tweet as an example where like people might post about it on uh like facebook or something and Mm -hmm. that's where they'll complain about it um but i've actually seen the opposite where some news like that could be spread and people say (laughs) i hate using the meme but like they'll say fake news because this here this is completely fake that is a fake account right there because it does not have the verification badge on it. Yeah. Like, there's definitely issues both ways. I'm saying, like, to the platform holders, they don't want to give out the verification badges anymore because they think it creates user confusion. But instead of not giving out the badge at all, they need to reduce the confusion through better education. 
right um, and i i guess it's like with, like with that too like, would it be that they're just so they're just going to take away more of it than too it sounds like well, like, well that's what they were wanting to do like they wanted yeah, that's to, what I guess, they want to do i'm their... saying that there's other solutions and better education of this doesn't mean endorsement this doesn't mean a mark of quality this means that this is that person and that's sure it. and there's not good education around that um like I don't know. I feel like a lot of problems in um, computer software these days or technology are they're trying to just solve it by getting rid of things that might have the potential to confuse people rather than trying to create better education around those things. Like, and that gets just looking at, yeah, like just looking at um, Apple's been doing it a heck of a lot longer. I believe Android's doing it now, or maybe it's only some of the OEMs and not vanilla Android. Um, but if an app crashes on those platforms, it just kicks you back to the home screen. Yep. You're just here now. We're not going to show you a thing telling you that the app crashed or thankfully you Android, a button to I, report I haven't it. seen, I, I don't think I've really, no, I guess it's like force close on that. I see when it freezes, but when it crashes, yeah, it just takes you to the app. Yeah, the, it just takes the you to the home screen. screen. Yeah. Whereas in the, you know, back in the day, back in Android Eclair, like it would show things saying, you know, Facebook Messenger crashed. Hit this button to send a report to the developer. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you could start arguing, oh, well, that button is useless. But, like, it could just tell you the app crashed. Yeah. But, no, it's embarrassing that the app crashed. We don't dare want to make our users think that the app went wrong. So what do the users think instead? Oh, I accidentally went to the home screen. Or, oh, this phone is stupid. Or something. Mm -hmm. Like, it just creates This phone keeps kicking me to confusion. the home screen every time I use this app. Yeah. And, like, if you're someone who's a little bit more involved in technology, you know that an app suddenly closing and the home screen appearing means that app crashed. But, like, otherwise you have no you have no recourse to try and find out how to solve the issue. You know, imagine your Photos app is always crashing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe you if you knew that it was because it was crashing, you might go look up, you know, Samsung Galaxy S9 photo app crashing. And you'll find out that, oh, you have a corrupted picture and you just need to go delete it with this other app or, you know, delete it before it tries to load the thumbnail or something like. Sure. But without that knowledge, you just say photo app disappearing or Samsung Galaxy S9 keeps going to home screen. You might not be as successful with trying to look up a problem like that. Right, right. Um, and... I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's kind of like, now since we're talking about crashes and all that's that's going kind of way off of like what we're talking about with the badges themselves there. I well, get that it's, you it's know, a educating user, the user. Yeah, yeah it's, it's user educating the users issue. and I do agree with you that I think um I think it's something that does come inherently with any platform like if if you are on Facebook for long enough even if you're just like a basic mom if you're on yeah. Facebook for long enough you should catch what a verification badge means that should then transcend to other types of platforms so i really if, don't think that you will i actually i feel like facebook doesn't make its verification badges very prominent at all i, I actually kind really of don't use facebook anymore them. so i don't even know i don't even know what the verification badge looks like i know that it exists i but. don't think it shows up on posts it only shows up on the page really um yeah i'm on linkedin's page right now i just went through and found some ads and oculus's page there's a little blue check mark there but their posts do not have check marks that's awful um so really you only know that facebook.com slash linkedin is the official linkedin page mm -hmm. um and once again oh actually yeah here you go here i'm gonna take a screenshot of this for you sure. um i don't know if you ever overlay stuff on the videos for youtube but 
if you do i do not chuck this in here but uh oh my gosh i'm so bad at cropping <laughs> i should have just used windows s um but yeah if you go you know you can yeah if i see you're that. listening so, yeah, and you're curious page itself you go on then, facebook yeah. but you hover over it and it says a blue verification badge confirms that this is an authentic page for a public figure media company or brand and there's and a that's button it, to find even that's more it about done it. right no doubt so it looks yeah. like that facebook is really the only one who's kind of doing it right then yeah yeah because you we've checked anyway you you keep yeah you can't do that on twitter or youtube or uh instagram mm-hmm. so uh, companies should be doing that but i i like I agree you have with a you way that to education should means. be. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that that should be done more. But at the same time, I just, I, I still have such a hard time buying from YouTube saying, yeah, there were a lot of people that were confused and thought that we were mm-hmm. authenticating this or not authenticating, but this was a, th- th- this was a badge of quality, not a badge of identity. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. At um, least it's although, been rolled back in record time again, as I said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's just uh it's just, it's just our users are stupid. How do we solve this problem? You can either make the users less stupid or you can make the platform so the stupid users don't get confused and Everyone's going for the second one, and it's making all software way worse for the people who aren't stupid. I agree with you, because people will never stop being stupid. Yep. Yep. Oh, well. Uh, At least Windows RT blew up on impact. (laughs) (laughs) That spooked me for a second, not gonna lie. Uh, Windows RT, that's in short Windows where you can't run EXEs, right? Yeah, basically, it only ran stuff off of the Microsoft Store. Um, They were generally maybe always ARM devices, um, which is part of their justification for getting rid of stuff. Um, But I don't know. I, as a software developer and as someone who learned software development from a young age and does young like software development education, um, I used to do at the middle school level. Now I only do at the high school level. Like, um, it kind of scares me how locked down everything's getting like people don't have an open device anymore where they can just learn to do stuff like i learned so much stuff just messing around with the family computer Mm -hmm. um and now like even if you're in middle school where you're like have enough cognitive capability to go and learn some of this stuff on your own you go and you know i'm gonna go learn python well family doesn't have a laptop that's running windows or linux um or actually just doesn't have a laptop at all all they have is an ipad oh well ipad's locked down there's no uh dude you can't do any dynamic code execution or building not building um but like there's no jit um for the like three viewers of yours that know what that means um it's probably more <laughs> than that i should give them more credit but like you can't jit on an ipad just because apple doesn't want you to because it's a security risk um so you know there is stuff that'll let you run python on an ipad but man it's bad and it's like interpreted and you never make anything real in it it's just like learn python on your ipad um and it's just everything's just, just so thinking, closed like, and locked down you and i have talked about this and i've seen it straight up um I've seen it like in in my comment sections and such, mm. but there's been so many people like if I'm if I'm doing a tutorial over like one of my most re- the last one that released for example let's say like how to jailbreak a PS3, 
there are so many, and it's been going on for years. There's so many people that say, do I have to use a PC to do this? Do I have to use a computer? Not like mm-hmm. Mac or Windows or something. They ask computer. They're just like, I don't have a computer. I can't do this. Yeah. I can't follow along on here. And at first I was like, okay, seriously, who the hell doesn't have a computer? And then you and I, we talked about this a few years ago. And it's like, no, actually there is entire generations of people who it's not like everyone in there, but there are generations of kids where it's no longer needed for them to have their own laptop or their own Mm. desktop they get away with having they have their phone as you know all their casual stuff and then for their work they have an ipad or they have a cheap android tablet of some kind but aside from that they don't own a laptop they don't own desktop their family might not even have them in the house or if they have a desktop it's locked up and it's only for it's only for work it's like the parents only use that for um for taxes or something but yeah as you said like it's gaming related stuff if if they're starting to cross into that which i'm happy that that's you know starting to be more of a more of a way to pull people in but it's just alarming now that i i guess to me it's alarming that now a a computer is no longer a staple in a home and you really don't need it anymore a lot of places as well too um my i guess you can kind of learn some hacky stuff with this like my younger brothers for example they don't have they have phones and they have ipads and they Mm -hmm. use the phones more now um there's shared computers and they actually have laptops they're able to loan from the school so therefore there's really no need for them to have their own desktop or their own laptop at home but those laptops are also incredibly locked down yeah they're super locked down yeah i don't know it which i understand why i understand yeah it also bothers me because like i don't know i see the iPad and Android tablets um, as in phones for, well, phones have a little bit more productivity, but for the most part, they're entertainment devices. That's what they're good at. That's all they try to be. Productivity is like an accident. Like, yeah, there are some apps you can use to be productive on these devices, but like the main goal of most developers targeting these devices and the stuff built into these devices is entertainment and nothing else. Yep. And like, to do productivity stuff, you need something bigger, like a laptop. And, like, it used to be that the laptop did double duty as entertainment and productivity. And now it just kind of doesn't. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it's, it's even, like, one of those things, like, for example, with, like, the jailbreak example there. It's like, dude, like, just just get a laptop for, like, the, the random things or the office documents you need to make or something. Because yeah. you just need something to go on to open up a browser, download a few files to a hard drive, put in a flash drive, and copy them to the flash drive. You can, mm-hmm. sure, you can do all that on a phone or on a tablet, but you're going to have to get adapters and all that stuff, and you're just making it harder for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's just a pain. You're just going off the beaten path too, which you really don't want to do when you're trying to learn something. Exactly. I had um, a middle school age student at one point, and his dad was just the biggest Linux fanboy ever. Um, and like, I like Linux. Um, in my opinion: Linux stuff should always be on the server. Um, I don't think the desktop experience of Linux is good or will ever be good because the <laughs> culture around it's messed up for user experience. But that's neither here nor there and the wrong conversation for the stuff. And I'm sorry for the hate mob in your comments now, but, um, <laughs> Hey, this but is like, David saying it, not me. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, but so like this dad was like, Oh, well, can't he use Linux for this stuff? Um, and like, I think, 
I don't remember exactly what it was um, that the kid was trying to learn. Because originally, I, I I was like going to this um, middle school after school program, like helping kids learn stuff sure. on their own. Very admirable. Um, and I don't remember what this kid was trying to learn. I was like, yeah, he can do this on Linux, but like all of the tooling for this stuff that all of the professionals are using is not on Linux. It's on Windows, and I've seen this stuff on Mac, but I can't personally vouch for it. And, you know, his peers are using Windows. That's what they're used to. This is what the industry uses. Like, I know you don't like Windows, and you really like Linus Turvalds. I didn't pronounce his name right, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I did say it right. Who knows? Um, I'm sure I didn't. Actually, it's Linus. I know that for sure. Because my dad always gets me crap for it because everyone says Linus. <laughs> anyway, um, that's very off topic. Um, but it just kind of ended with, like, the kid was just kind of struggling on the Linux laptop trying to learn on his own. And he couldn't follow any of the tutorials that everyone else was using. Um, like it's I tried like, to help okay, as much as I could, to, but you're it was gonna just, have to change a little bit for your kid. Yeah, you're ju- like, you're just you're just setting up your child for failure by being super weird about this thing that doesn't matter. And on, like I feel like it's almost worse than that we don't have a laptop at home. On, um, it is, it is. On, on a more expensive um, side of it, I've actually seen, and I think this is more the school's fault. Um, and, and I'll explain this here. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my friends, he was going to GW, like George Washington, for his four year degree. And he told me everyone there, he said, everyone uses Macs. They have MacBooks, MacBook Pros, whatever it is. And the school has a, uh, the school is Windows based and their office and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So everyone, the student body is all Mac OS X and iPhone based, while as the faculty and staff is Windows based and mobile Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter here. But pretty much any time there is a assignment that is given out that requires something that is windows only even like office for example to a degree Mm -hmm. i think this might have been resolved but let's even no that's not a good example here like office you can still adapt here and there but anything that is windows specific that they have Mm -hmm. to use they pretty much have to throw out the assignment so the the teacher just says okay you know this assignment is canceled you all don't have to do it because 95 percent of the class is using max so i think at that point it's yeah, the student should be on Windows, but then again, it, it's gotten to such a high point on there where they, they should at minimum do Mac and Windows for the curriculum on that. Yeah, I think... Um, and they're just really kind of shooting themselves in the foot because, again, it's it's not the students that are directly hurting from their grades and struggling. It's mm-hmm. the faculty and the staff and the teachers there because, they're uh, again, they're, they have to throw out any assignment that uses something exclusive to Windows. Yeah, I don't know. I have a little bit of a warped perception of that because, um, as you know, uh, our university didn't require a computer, um, so they did. They, they didn't. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess they didn't. Yeah, that's about why it. we have a lot of computer labs and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that makes which sense. is good. In my opinion, that's actually how that should be. Um, but if like if they aren't a if they're a bring your own PC college or university, they need to have computer requirements, and they like the people shouldn't have had Macs. Mm -hmm. Um, like you buy the tool for the job of whatever you're learning and a lot of it depends on the courses being done. Um, but like if you're learning software development, like you need windows, hard stop, get over yourself. Like, yep. You, if you you have a Mac, you got to get windows running on there somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Like you may end up in a position someday where you're primarily working in Mac OS or you're primarily working in 
um, Linux, and that's great. Like, good for you. Um, like, sorry, as much as you don't like it, most of the industry is still on Windows. Um, certain industries, you're just going to get laughed out of the room if you want to use anything other than Windows. Sure. Um, like, every once in a while, I see these, usually hobbyist, uh, but every once in a while you see a serious, like, I want to make commercially viable games indie who's like, I develop everything on Linux because I'm not supporting the Microsoft regime. And it's like, I'm sorry, all of your customers are on Windows. <laughs> You're doing a huge disservice to yourself by primarily testing your game on a platform that none of your customers are running on. Um, like, it's just a bad idea. Sure. And like, and they're getting all bent out of shape because, you know, this library doesn't have instructions for building on Linux. It's like, well, you're using game middleware. Games run on Windows and on consoles. And every once in a while on Mac OS, but that's dying pretty rapidly, IMO. Yep. Um, like, you, you're developing on the wrong platform. You're using the wrong thing. It's like if you want to make a Nintendo Switch game, so you bought a bunch of Xbox uh, One developer kits like mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense and then you like get mad at microsoft that they don't have a way for you to emulate the touchscreen on a switch and it's like dude are you <laughs> it's serious like, come on man yeah this it's like you're using fault. the wrong tools for the job um and like you can get by with the wrong tools sure um but like why <laughs> you're mm -hmm. just creating a bunch of issues and if you're going to create a bunch of issues for yourself don't create issues for the people who are working with you or on the stuff for you. Mm -hmm. um, like one of the issues I had um, at a previous employer, there was not really a lot of consistency on ID usage. Um, and a lot of the developers just used like Notepad++ or Sublime unregistered. And right. um, and the problem is, and, and then there's some of them use this ancient thing called CodeWrite, which gross. Um, but <laughs> like, even CodeWrite would have been fine if everyone was using it on a particular project, but since no one was using, and I said, and I say, I said ID and listed a bunch of stuff that's not IDs other than CodeWrite, um, and like you know, some people used Visual Studio, um, and some people used VS Code, um, although not nearly as many. Well, there probably is a lot more now because VS Code I left around the time VS Code was getting real popular, um, but. Um, like there's so, so much inconsistency and in all of these tools require some infrastructure around them. Like visual studio needs to know where your code is and how it's meant to be built and all that stuff. And if you don't maintain that infrastructure, then it starts rotting pretty quickly. So you have like the two bros who like are like, I'm above using an ID. I'm going to use a text editor only because visual studio consumes a lot of Ram and I don't like <laughs> seeing that in task manager. Uh, hey, you know, our employer got us really nice computers for a reason. You shouldn't be worrying about RAM. Um, but so there was just so like no using, consistency among. But like so well, though. so those people are using Notepad plus plus. So they add new files and stuff, and Visual Studio doesn't know about these new files, and it creates all these problems where all of a sudden all the people who are using Visual Studio have their Visual Studio broken. Some of the people using Visual Studio aren't very good at using Visual Studio yet, so they get frustrated and just start using Notepad plus plus. Um, and then all of a sudden, like you end up in this situation where just it's all there, there's so much fragmentation that people can't work on stuff anymore. Sure. Um, it just causes so many issues. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really I was pushing for um, and the summit. Well, yeah, our team 
always used Visual Studio, um, mm-hmm. but our team was pretty small and couldn't have like a big impact on that stuff. But we were pushing pretty hard because we had to. We were kind of like the uh, the black ops people who came in to solve other people's problems. Um, <laughs> and we were really, whenever we ended up in another team, we would always create some temporary Visual Studio infrastructure. So because honestly, if you have good ID infrastructure, it's so, this is the other issue is people don't learn how to use their tools. So then they get all like stupid and, um, are just like, I've been programming a notepad plus plus for the past 45 years. And I've never had a problem. It's like, well, okay, but you've never explored these other tools. So you don't really know what you're missing. Mm -hmm. Um, and they just get mad that it consumes memory or takes more than two seconds to start up. But like, yeah, it just it yeah, it's a mess. It makes me mad. I'm gonna end this rant because I have no idea how I ended up on it. <laughs> uh, I guess to end your rant here, uh, I, I'm honestly running out of steam a little bit. But there's uh, one last thing I, I like to cover uh, with either myself or with anybody who's uh, who's coming on here. But David. What games are you currently playing right now? I know you're doing game development, but I'm not sure how much you're you're playing or what you're playing. Um, I still try to find time to uh, play games on occasion. Um, haven't gotten Link's Awakening yet. Uh, I have though. it, but I have not played it because of one of the games that I know we're going to talk about. Um, yes, yeah, so I did get Untitled Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game was like... <laughs> It was really weird. I was, like, aware this game existed, but I didn't really know. Like, I knew about it real early on, because I think the developer might have posted about it on Reddit, maybe? Um, it um, was... It it, it 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 got immediate traction when it was shown at a Nintendo Direct. That's not surprising. Um, but, yeah, I've been... Um, I've been playing... Oh, jeez. Sorry, I started the game, and I got um, trapped instantly. But I've been playing <laughs> Untitled Goose Game um, quite a bit. Um, since you were so hyped about it, I figured it. Must yeah, be good. I, I remember you were you were t- talking like we were talking in chat about this, and you were just like, "Yeah, I'm buying this just because of Danny's hype. I don't know all yeah. too much about it." Well, you said you wanted me to be able to talk about it in the podcast too. Oh, um, I did but... say I was going to mention it to you, and then you're like, "Okay, I guess I have to buy it." Which, like, you it's... said you wanted my opinion. I did. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, my opinion is so important. It is. Um, it go is buy this game. That's the official pathogen David opinion on this game. I want to um, say until I want to say it's until like a, an, like maybe October third or fourth. It's on sale for fifteen bucks US as opposed to twenty. But the full I, game, even if it, even if I paid twenty for it, I would be all on board. Yeah, I thought that was actually a day one only thing. Um, neat but yeah no it's a lot of fun it's like a weird little kind of a stealth game they describe it as a stealth game i'm not sure if i agree they they do description uh have you finished the game uh no i'm on the pub level okay Um, i'm sure it does seem like the stealth as you get further in it does get stealthier yes okay it gets more important to be stealthy it definitely like has it seems like it's been ramping it up a little bit um but I would say early on, it definitely doesn't feel like a stealth game. Um, no, at the, at the beginning, but, let, let's also, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know about this, this this is a game where, in short, you are a goose, and you're given a to-do list of certain things, and you're, you're just described as an awful goose, and you're supposed to interrupt people's lives, and there is a task at the end that you're supposed to accomplish that ties everything together, um, mm-hmm. but it's just a game about you being an asshole goose, and it's great because geese are assholes. 
Yep, it's true. Um, yeah, basically the whole premise is that you enter an area and you try to cause as much chaos as you can until the person gets fed up with the fact that you exist and puts up a sign saying no geese allowed. Yes. And then you have to do one final thing to to ruin their life and you'll they'll accidentally create a way for you to basically wreak havoc on other parts of the town. Um, so like the very beginning, you're like confined to this garden area and you harass this gardener until he puts up, he's like putting up a sign that says no geese allowed. <laughs> and um, as he's putting it up, he's hammering it to the ground and you uh, minor spoiler, but you honk at him. And when you honk at him, he gets startled and he accidentally hits his thumb. And then he, he grabs his thumb and stands up straight. And then he accidentally crashes a gate over and then you can go through the gate and start terrorizing children yeah i was i was gonna say the functions of the game what so you can obviously move around the goose you can zoom in and out mm-hmm. but i want to say uh the functions are you can sprint you can sneak around so you can put your head down you can honk of course um and that's you and you can your flap wings, your wings those are the four things that you can do in the game flapping your wings hasn't been important for me yet maybe it becomes important later i haven't noticed it's just um, i think it's just a cosmetic thing oh i take that back it actually you re- it's required um for one of the missions in the yes, top level i know what you're um, talking about mention I, okay. which one um <laughs> yeah one thing i really like about the game is that there's just so many things you can do and there's all these ways to harass the people in ways that aren't even like documented like you know you get your to-do list of like get into the garden get the gardener wet get his keys but like there's all these hidden missions like um just to spoil one of them um lock the gardener out of the garden like you can you can trick him into going outside without his keys and lock the gate behind him um i i'll also put it like this like it's in regards to i guess this is what i wanted your opinion kind of on the game design and such In, Mm -hmm. in regards to that it's performing super well, which I know it's kind of going neck and neck with uh, Link's Awakening, according to the charts here. Uh, Link's Awakening, I've heard many issues uh, with uh, the performance and such. Untitled oh, Goose really? Game runs solid. It's great. Um, it's It's been running just fine for me. I love the art style of it. I mm-hmm. love the... It's minimalist in the best way. Like they, the way they integrate the sound and music is absolutely perfect. Oh, so like yeah, if somebody scares you off, yeah, this the soundtrack adjusts to it. It's a completely dynamic soundtrack. I love it. And on top of that, I mean, it's just it's a really funny. There, there's goals to it, but it's a funny, great sandbox, relaxing game. And I was, dude, I, I started playing this at work, and. My coworkers were asking me if I was okay because I kept giggling every few minutes playing this, <laughs> and I haven't laughed this much at a game since I played uh, South Park: The Stick of Truth, and that was like I was just like barreled, like doubled over laughing. I actually cried at that game because I laughed so much. So I'm not like dying laughing playing this, but just like infinite giggle fix fits from me when playing this game. Yep. Exactly. Um. Hong Kong. <laughs> I I think maybe the. Maybe the only things, I thought of this this morning, the only things I would want additional in the game, David, are I would want an option to hiss as opposed to honking oh. because go- geese can hiss. And also, yeah. I would like a way to change the color of the goose because it looks more like a duck than a goose. Uh, like this when is I, what geese when look I, like. Some when, geese, when there's, other, like, there's, there's geese with more patterns than this, but... See, I want like a pattern type goose. Like that's like a typical like one. Like a Canadian me. goose. Yes, exactly. Like if I could get that in a patch or something, that'd be awesome. I think I think yeah, those two are fun. like the only those two things are like the only recommendations I have because I've been hissed at by geese before. Yeah. Um geese are assholes. Yeah, we kind of 
um, skittered by it, but I kind of want to explain the soundtrack real quick because the soundtrack in this game is pretty cool. So the whole thing is just like there's normally no music at all. Um, it's just like the background noise of like the city, just air and like sure. birds chirping. But like if you start running around, you get this kind of like menacing music because you know the goose is going doing something. If someone's chasing you, you get like this anxiety music. But it's like it's just this really dynamic piano that just comes in perfectly, like, um, just fades in and out. Um, I don't know. I just, I really like dynamic soundtracks in games and this soundtrack is almost entirely dynamic and it's mm -hmm. reacting to what's going on. If someone gets mad at you, it starts kind of doing just like, um, this kind of angry, like bassier music. And, um, if they're like looking for you, it kind of makes like, um, like this inquisitive music. It's, it's good. I like it. Mm -hmm. um i'm sure someone who's better at music can explain exactly what the terms are and stuff but this would be a perfect time like if we had a you you've met him before but uh d green if we had you d green and myself mm -hmm. all the time or i would just want to put you and d green together in a room with you with the game dev background and him with the music background because him and i we independently we talked about it on the podcast when he was on here but we actually talked about how important music is to games and such and what I had mentioned is I said, like, because we talked about he loves Super Mario Galaxy, but he didn't like the second one as much because it just felt like a repeat of the first. And um, mm -hmm. he also didn't like Super Mario Odyssey that much either because he said he felt like the music took such a background compared to the Galaxy series. Mm -hmm. And I remember I mentioned, I said, like, I've, I played, I remember I played Galaxy and my first 10, 15 minutes of playing it, all I can describe is happy. Like, that is the exact feeling I had. It was just, I was so happy playing that game. And Donald was saying, well, you know, try this. Fire up Galaxy sometime and play it normally. And then just mute your TV for like 10 minutes or even just disable the music if you can. And see if mm -hmm. that ruins your enjoyment of the game. Because I would be willing to bet a lot of your enjoyment and what made you feel happy was the sound design that came with the game. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah. Um, actually on, I'm going to plug someone else's channel in your podcast. I'm sorry. All right. But, um, on the note of like breaking down, um, music in games. Um, there's this channel called Scruffy. Uh, I it's have how not it heard of them. It's, uh, their, their icon. I think they're the first one that comes up when you just search Scruffy on YouTube, but that might be cause YouTube knows I'm subbed to them. Um, but their, their icon is just kind of like a black background with like scruffy written kind of playful text. Um, but he does, he does a lot of arrangements and stuff, but he has, if you go to his playlists, he has like a whole, um, oh, maybe his playlists actually aren't that organized, but, uh, if you, if you go through his videos, he has the arrangements, but he also has a bunch of stuff breaking down like trivia of the sound in, um, Splatoon and Pikmin, um, and he explains, like, why things sound certain ways. Um, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Um, he's a little all over the place on his channel. It's maybe not the most focused, but um, I found his his stuff talking about music pretty interesting. Good to know. Um, yeah, now I'm looking through. I guess that maybe isn't the main thing he does, but he, he does it for sure. Um there's also the 8-bit music theory channel is pretty interesting too in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, yeah, music is good. Um, music is good. It's hard and to it's, do right. <laughs> and it's, but it's done extremely well for Untitled Goose Game. 
it is done extremely well for an Todd Goose game. Yeah. So, um, so far, I mean, our impressions, I like, David, you're, so you're at the pub on there. Um, I've, I've done my first playthrough on there already and there's, there's more that you can do, but it is like a mm-hmm. short two, three hour game. But again, because as I've grown, I've liked those shorter games more because one, I could just knock them out. And two, I even, mm-hmm. I have more replayability because it's a lot easier for me to pick up and replay a two hour game as opposed to deciding to pick up and replay a 60 hour game. <laughs> I think Goose Game actually can go a lot slower if you're not too focused on the actual goals it presents to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, like If you're just messing around. For me, I'm one of those people. So, for example, um, I really love the sandbox element of Grand Theft Auto. And mm-hmm. I like... But at the same time, I like that it keeps me grounded with the missions. Because mm-hmm. if you just throw me into a world and say, okay, Danny, do whatever the hell you want. That was really cool for me when I was like 9, 10 years old. But something after that happened, and now it's like I I need some sort of objective to to work through. So yeah. Grand Theft Auto, it's the missions for me. Untitled Goose Game, it's the to do list. And like these are games mm-hmm. where I will go around and I'll do things and I'll mess around, and it's really awesome. Even with Untitled Goose Game, seeing what you can do and manipulate and such, but I'll still come back and ground myself to the list on there. But if you give me another completely a game where there's either no objective or the objective is not explicitly displayed to you like for example minecraft or no man's sky now granted Mm. i'm talking about very first revision of no man's sky like the first day it came out um i lose interest that that puts me to sleep if i don't have something that i'm working through and chipping off Mm. i i lose interest in the game and that's just me yeah yeah minecraft i think um is a lot better with friends for that reason um, dude minecraft literally because you puts can kind of fuel sleep. each other it is i don't really but... like that game but i will say this <laughs> that that's another one with the sound design just going through building stuff and the music that like the default music that plays mm-hmm. it is so calming to me david i quite literally fall asleep playing that game yeah like the um, past few times even it's been years but when people would try and sit me in front of it they're like hey you're gonna play it with us we're gonna make it fun for you within 20 30 minutes i'm about to pass out <laughs> see i'm like the opposite minecraft has robbed me of much sleep over the years oh man um, no it, it's it's contributed to the the dozen or so times i've played it it has contributed to a good night's sleep yeah i definitely have a little bit more trouble playing minecraft now without other people um because, like, I don't know, I feel like I've explored that game quite a bit, and it's not as interesting to explore, and I don't necessarily want to build stuff as much now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, I guess kind of a little little segue there. Um, I've also been playing Oxygen Not Included quite a bit now that it's out of early access. I have not heard of that. Can you um, elaborate on it? Uh, Oxygen Not Included, it's a colony... Uh, management simulator game by clay entertainment the people who made don't starve and such um and basically you're kind of you have like a overview of the whole colony but you can't actually do anything to it you just have these little boys called dupes they're not actually boys there's there's all kinds of well they actually it don't matter that little people called dupes i said boys with an eye that sounds um, like i think in hurdy-gurdy there were these little things called dupes that you could control but <laughs> yeah so, or that, well so you, you don't control but you like navigate them around i guess either way yeah so you know you give them tasks to do like you say go mine out this area um go build this machine go fuel up this power generator stuff like that um 
and the loose goal in the game is to kind of get to space um and there's all kinds of things that could go wrong it's called auction not included because you're like on an asteroid and all you start out is is um i forgot what it's called it's like this portal thing where you can get more duplicates out of it sometimes um or dupes um and you have three duplicates and they have to do stuff so like they start out with a little bit of oxygen their landing area but you have to like you have to go and find ways to produce oxygen it's like one of the basic ways to get oxygen early on is to get algae and um get the algae to process the carbon dioxide into oxygen um Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's pretty cool but it also does not give you a lot of direction um i couldn't do like i said there's yeah you well if you can if you can get so it gives you some early on and then you have the tech tree to kind of keep you busy um but yeah there are not a ton of explicit goals in the game other than get to space um so if you're okay with the goal being distant then maybe you'd still like it but i would at least go watch um some videos of it being played just to get an idea of what it is just so you can understand colony simulators um Mm -hmm. because they are neat um but like uh um oxygen not included you are reacting to problems like you messed up your oxygen production and now all of your dupes are suffocating or you didn't produce enough food so now they're all starving or they're all stressed out so they're peeing everywhere and barfing and um i don't know if i, I don't think they pee in response to stress but they if you don't if they don't have that good you don't want to find a bathroom, out they will pee everywhere um and okay. when they pee everywhere, they can poison your water supply and things like that. So, like, in that sense, you have goals because you have to react to these problems all the time. Hmm. Um, I will say, though, if if you go and watch some, like, footage of Auction Not Included, um, I like Grind this game, personally, because he's chill. And he's not super ridiculous like some of the Auction Not Included YouTubers. Um, but um, RimWorld is... It doesn't have any explicit goals i don't think Rim but the World, game is designed is another yeah, game you're Rim, playing rimworld's i'm not well i'm not playing rimworld it's just a similar type of game oh, it's okay, another colony okay, simulator okay. i have rimworld um i can't quite get into rimworld um for reasons that are probably too lengthy to get into and i don't know if i can really articulate them well anyway sure, sure. but rimworld is designed with um they have a term for them they're like directors who try to kind of steer the story and it's basically this AI that just causes stuff to happen. So, like, um, you'll get, like, raiders coming in, and um, you'll have, like, a solar eclipse that causes all your farms to die, and, like, there's different seasons. So, like, there's a lot more to react to in RimWorld. Auction not included, I think if you're good enough at anticipating problems, you'll never have any. In my opinion, I'm currently playing on one of the higher difficulty maps, Um on the higher difficulty and i'm not having issues and it's almost a little annoying um but um rimworld on the other hand rimworld will there's like there's different types of the ai director things and one of them is like called random randy or something like that and he just causes utter chaos all the time um but so rimworld kind of forces objectives on you all the time um Not sure how I'd feel about that. It's I guess like a lot of I'm also realizing a lot of these. Even if I watch gameplay and reviews and such, I just need to play them. That's my thing. Yeah, yeah. Auction not included. I think is um, it's worth playing just to get an idea of what's going on in that genre because um, it's an interesting genre and it seems to be growing. Um, I'll know if this is the most accurate because I didn't play it that much. But Dwarf Fortress is another colony simulator. All um, right. 
I believe. I don't, th there might be people who disagree with me on that. It definitely has similar themes. Um, but, uh, yeah. Or base building, I guess, is what they label it on Steam. Hmm. But um, I'd say that's probably accurate. It's it's a similar thing. But, oh, and there's, like, priorities on all these tasks you give to, so you have to prioritize things. So if you accidentally prioritize your digging too high, then no one will ever fill up the coal generator, so then your oxygen production will die, and um, you won't have any more oxygen, and everyone will die. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah. I've also been playing Borderlands 3. How is that? Um, it's pretty good. I'm um, sure there's some people who would be real upset because Randy Pitchford... But um, I <laughs> I'm, have I'm not, not really interested in the politics so of the game. I'm really more interested in the game itself. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. If you liked the original Borderlands games, you'll like Borderlands Three. That's how I feel about it. The graphics are better. Um, the environments are more interesting. The characters are a little bit more built out. One of the things I, I like is that the NPCs are more interesting. I'm actually um, going to ask you what uh, what platform are you playing on? I am playing on Epic Games Store on pc okay uh have you had performance issues on it because a lot of people have been nope. complaining about the performance of it on pc specifically oh really i've heard the opposite i've heard nothing about pc performance but so many I, issues a lot on of, playstation i i guess so i i guess i should say it's been on everything but i've even heard the same on pc just with a lot of people with really powerful rigs are having trouble keeping a steady frame rate and it kind of came to like a, a new hyper version of denuvo is running on there Oh, that just eats up all the resources because it kind of, I guess, I, I, I didn't know that, you know, I'm not even going to speak on it because I really don't know the details. I lightly skimmed it, but I have seen apparently it's from some new variant of Denuvo that's on there that's not very streamlined in terms maybe of Maybe there's a, maybe, the, I, I don't think it's necessarily a performance issue. I think there's probably a performance quirk with a particular hardware configuration. I don't have a very modern computer, um... In that regard, I have a 4770, um, which is pretty old at this point, um, and a GTX 1080, and I run well, the game... Still, they'll still get the job done. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but uh, um, the main thing I wanted to highlight is that the CPU is pretty dated at this point. So if there's... And Denuvo would be CPU-bound issues, I would imagine. I gotcha. Um, and it's like DDR3. Like, it's, it's an older machine um, compared to what people would call super high-end rigs. Um, and I run the game on almost ultra. Um, with a steady 60 like okay it's fine um gotcha like i said i don't doubt that there's probably some hardware configuration that causes quirks with the game um i think people probably just want to blame denuvo because it's popular to blame denuvo i'm not saying denuvo is good you're really not but, wrong on that i but yeah. <laughs> i don't know i feel like i feel like um there's a lot of hate around borderlands 3 and that people are going to try and create issues where there's maybe not issues um I have not had issues, is my personal experience. I don't doubt that maybe there are some issues. Um, I think people, if they are having issues, are probably attributing them to the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and I'm also, in theory, I'm playing on the platform it was not optimized for. In theory, it was optimized for um, AMD stuff because that's who did kind of, the, that was their hardware partner. Sure. Um, but, you know. I'm I'm opposite on both both sides of the, or both sides of that equation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, it's been it's been good. I can't max it um, and get a stay sixty. Um, I get dips down to like forty fifty if I try to max the game. Um, mm -hmm. But I did above the recommended settings and it's been fine. I got um, you. And I'm pretty sensitive to frame rate fluctuations. Um, 
And I, plus I like, I think I've actually had the FPS counter up on the game because I turned it on. It was, actually, I think I did turn it off I eventually, but it. I was too lazy to turn it off for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've been fine with performance. I've heard atrocious things on uh, PlayStation, though. Um, I gotcha. Apparently PS4 Pro, it's like a balmy 25 FPS. <laughs> it's, uh, I haven't, it, um, I, I need to look through all of digital foundry's video on that i i watched part of it i didn't see all of it unfortunately but i have seen apparently that yeah it's just um performance issues on all the platforms from what i've seen at least um yeah. i hope that does get patched up though because it doesn't seem like a game that would really have intense performance issues but digital foundry was kind of citing more maybe just stretch not stretching out getting used to the new engine because it's running on the newer unreal engine from what i understand mm. yeah yeah i don't know and me and the two guys i play with have never had any performance issues and one of them That's in particular good. is kind of a uh, drama queen with his rig not performing up to his expectations so. <laughs> i mean you spend so um, much money on the thing you want it to perform well yeah yeah no i know <laughs> he just definitely complains about it faster than anyone else um and i don't think either of them even adjusted any settings i adjust settings because i like adjusting settings sure um but they're I think just like this doesn't 20... play at super ultra yeah one of them has speed. two 280 or sorry two 1080s and crossfire or not crossfire um sli mm-hmm. and the other has i think a 2060 or 2070 i don't remember which and they've been good um right on but Obviously, those are some pretty high-end GPUs, um, or at least very modern in the case of the 20 mm-hmm. series. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We haven't had issues. Um, if it do- Maybe it has bad performance issues on the lower-end stuff, but definitely not my experience. Right on. Um, yeah. I'll, um, I'll rattle off some of my list here. Yeah. Um, yeah, say I have another game, so I, you don't want to let me keep talking, or I'm just going to start going through the whole back catalog here yeah i was i was gonna say i have well you you've gone through three games i have like one five others i need to go through which some of them i can just knock out but um okay everyone go by overland there you go there we go (laughs) it's really hard uh yeah the the ones i've been playing so i did i did finish this finally for for anybody who's been listening to the podcast i've been talking about this for the past three months and hopefully I don't need to bring it up again. Not in, like, a bad way. It's just it's finally done. Um, the house in Fata Morgana. I've been playing that, which, David, you and I talked about this. Like, it's Is that the... your weeaboo game? Yes, yeah. It's the... And yeah. apparently it's not as weeaboo as other visual novels, but it is the second <laughs> well, visual novel I played through. And, um... Still... What's up? Nothing. <laughs> well, I was going to say on this that I, I picked it up on Vita. It, it's been great, but... I feel like I definitely bit off more than I could chew on there because I was thinking, oh, you know, it's it's not going to be all too long. And for some Have games, I've been using... Have you played a VN before? Say what? Have you not played a visual novel before? I only played one other, which was Deathmark, and that took me about 15 hours. But from what I've seen, like many other visual novels, they hover anywhere from 10 to 20 hours. And uh, no, this one, the main story, the, the main one, The House in Fata Morgana, is like 40 hours yeah yeah so thankfully it's it's like 99 percent reading one percent decision making there's really nothing that you can fail at on there as is tradition yes um but the reason why i say i bit off more than i could chew is because i got the dreams of the revenant edition which Mm. is the best value you can get but it is technically three games in one 
and like uh, 20 uh, short stories. So I finally, I got the platinum on it. I finally went through everything on there, but I went through House and Fate of Morgana, got all the extra endings and stuff. That was great. Um, I went through the prequel story, and then there's technically a sequel story. Actually, not even technically, there is. So it's cool. You get three games for the price of one in there. And then on top of that, I went through all the short stories, which I didn't need to because I think this bugged out. I got... I, I ended up getting the trophies, all the trophies before I was supposed to, but I kind of said, you know what? I've been so invested in all these games. I've spent over 60, 70 hours reading these. I might as well just read off all the short stories so I can satisfy my own urge and I can be like, hey, I can take this game out, put it on the shelf. It's done. Um, I would recommend looking into it a bit if it's something like just to the listeners, if it's something that seems like it would pique your interest story-wise, I can definitely recommend it just to be prepared. It is a lot of reading, and I, I think... I don't think it's a perfect visual novel, mind you. I thought it was great. A lot of people are saying it's like one of the best ones out there, which I'm not sure if I'm just not super into the visual novel thing. Um, in that case, then, if I don't agree with them or what have it. But like one thing, for example, is I started up another called Root Letter, and I noticed within five minutes... That one did a better job at keeping me, keeping my attention just because there's a lot more things that are going on on screen. It's more dynamic. Mm -hmm. And like, as opposed to Deathmark had the, so uh, the House in Fate of Morgana, it's all reading. Um, Deathmark had a lot of looking around and such. And then there were times where it's like, because you would be used to like looking around, searching for clues and everything. And some of it was timing based. Then when you got to the reading section, some of them were so long that it, it was annoying. You just wanted to get back to the yeah. limited gameplay that was there. But Root Letter, if you go in just wanting to read, you don't really want to play, it still satisfies your urges pretty well because the screen is dynamic enough. And like what is happening is entertaining enough to look at for long periods of time, mm. which is something that I, I honestly got bored of when I was playing House and Fate of Morgana where there's just not that much change. And I noticed that the changes, like just characters moving and such, they get better, a little less limited. There's You see less limitations on the newer games, like the prequel yeah. and the sequel. But the initial one, no, it is very static and it's very basic in terms of what you're visually looking at. Mm -hmm. And it, it seems kind of silly picking that apart uh, for a visual novel. But again, when it's, when it's something that you're quite literally looking at for like 60, 70 hours on a screen, um, it's just something that you do think about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, I get a little tired of reading on VN sometimes. I've played a handful of them, but, like, like Doki Doki Literature Club, I, I just... I need to play through that. I still haven't touched it. I I played the beginning of it. Uh, I guess I played three hours of it. I guess I played quite a bit of it. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Um, I don't know. I just had trouble getting invested in the characters. Um, and, like, I know where it goes you in the comments but i just knowing that i didn't i didn't i just couldn't stay interested in it um the I've most been... gameplay part of it just wasn't interesting at all to me so i'm gonna ask you this and i want to see if you can agree with it or not w one realistic kind of grounded look i've seen it is people have said it's one of those it's not original the premise of it it's not super well done there's been other visual novels that have done a better job at the mm -hmm. premise but the big thing is, it's if you're brand new to visual novels, it might be a giant shock to you when you play through it the first time. 
But aside from that, it's more of the, it's one of those games. It's more fun to see how people are reacting to it as opposed to you playing it. Yeah, I can see that being a thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I need to play more of it later because I do want to um, go and experience this weird cultural phenomena that has one hundred seventeen thousand reviews on Steam. Yeah, it is free, so yeah. there's no risk at trying it. Well, it also doesn't I've... support a controller. That's actually my biggest issue. Oh, a game like that, that's... I'd rather uh... play on the couch. Yeah, I was going like... to say that's that's one thing I learned very quickly with visual novels. That's why I'm playing a lot on the Vita. Um, yeah, I treat my visual novels like the, okay, the, the the three. I'm I'm going to include you know the all three of them in there. So I, I'm like the five visual novels I've touched in my lifetime, I treat them like books. So if I'm mm-hmm. chilling on the couch, I want to have it in my hand. I want to read it. If I'm going to bed, as opposed to reading a book, I've actually been reading visual novels. I quite literally am using my Vita like as a, as an e-reader right now in mm-hmm. that sense. But the first time I played through Deathmark, I end up borrowing it on PS4 and mm-hmm. it was great. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed it, but I learned how much of, how much of a mistake it was to play through it on PS4 because I was playing it in my basement on my couch and I would rather have just had it on Switch portably or on the Vita, which I end up buying it on the Vita later, but I mm-hmm. really just don't want to be looking at my big screen TV just reading endless text. And it's not, I'm not saying that like yeah, in an RPG fair. sense where it's like, oh, there's a ton of text. It's like, no, this game is all reading. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. I don't really play games portably anymore. Um, I've been like playing in handheld a lot more because of the switch. Like just, it's, it's really nice. Just like, I don't know, just like chilling on my couch or something. My like switch that. only gets used in handheld when I'm on an airplane and, or stuck in an airport, I guess. That's fair. Um, and then just now when I was making a tall goose game, honk at you. Honk, 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 honk. Yeah. I was going to say, speaking on that, uh, one game I have been playing, which, a lot of games on Switch I've been preferring to play in handheld mode. Um, but I picked up the I picked it up a bit ago, but I finally started playing it, the uh the Spyro Reignited trilogy. Mm-hmm. I started playing through the first Spyro. It is great playing it in handheld on the Switch. It's very relaxing. I was not expecting that. It is so relaxing. I love the sound on there, I love the music, and just I I never thought of it as a relaxing game when I was a kid. I always thought of it as an enjoyable game, but I never was relaxed by it. But it's oh, I actually one of those... didn't know you had played it as a kid when you were saying I did. it was relaxing. I thought, for some reason, I got the impression when you told me you got it that it was your first time playing no, it. No, 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 no. I really enjoy the Spyro games on PS1. And I, we, we had talked about this before, but like for, for anybody that doesn't know, outside of the Spyro, re, like the Reignited trilogy, this is the one exception. Do not play any Spyro game that is not on PS1. Anything <laughs> after PS1 is bad. Because it, it, I believe it went to a different development team, and they just... Uh, did it. I, I just remember playing Spyro Enter the Dragonfly, and it looked much better, but it had no hearts behind it. I think and that's the one I had. It, yeah, this is the one I had on You know, GameCube. if it was your first one, I'm sure it would have been good, but for me, coming from the no, first I didn't three like Spyro... <laughs> oh, okay, so there we go. Um, the same thing happened with Crash Bandicoot. Uh, the first three games and. I didn't play Crash Bash. I really didn't. So I'm not going to include that. But the first, the main trilogy and Crash Team Racing were fantastic on PS1. Then on PS2, we got Crash The Wrath of Cortex. And uh, it again, it felt like it just had no heart behind it. Yeah. 
I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for the Spyro series, and um, it looks like Insomniac actually is who made the original one. Yes, they did, and they did a fantastic um, job on those. And then, so Enter oh, the Dragonfly was made mic, by two different developers, huh? You're gonna have to move closer to your mic, I think. Oh, sorry, it's because I was looking at my monitor that's far away from the mic. <laughs> um, but then, like the newer ones, like there's a gamecube one i actually had this one too now that i think about it i had spyro season of ice on the game boy advance um huh. have not played that dig- one. digital eclipse too i don't even recognize them i bet they're defunct um yeah. but yeah no i've defunct. i've been playing spyro the first one yeah they're dead um <laughs> i'm you full disclosure david i'm actually and everyone listening if you've got this far thank you i'm actually trying to rush this a little bit because i am hungry and i'm a little bit tired but uh <laughs> okay. we my, definitely we're setting a new record on your podcast link. no actually well yeah no we are we are also my I girlfriend checked, and my dog are. came in at one point so i know there's stuff going on downstairs but no, nothing yeah. damning is what it looks like but just they were trying to get my attention um mm. no so spyro it's great on switch like in handheld i hooked that up to my tv oh my god it is ugly the switch version like in dock mode is oh dude it looked awful and then i even went in and i was like okay it looks kind of blurry so let me turn off um uh was it motion blur which Mm. i had already done when i started the game and it was disabled and I'm like, okay, um, this is just going to be a handheld-only game for me. So it's one of those games. It is, I have no doubt it would be much better if I played it on PC, PS4, or Xbox One. But that Switch version, like, it's just, it's it's a handheld-only game to me. Hmm. Yeah. Which too isn't bad. too bad, but if I do ever want to play it on my TV, I'm probably going to get it on PS4, knowing me. Yeah. Yeah, Spyro's yeah. been passed around between a lot of developers and even publishers. Um, it really has. Over the years, it looks like, which is... Yeah, yeah. When you see but, when you see developers doing crazy deals to try and keep their games IP, you should support it. Yep, you, Mr. Viewer. <laughs> I know that Epic exclusive sucks, but it's sometimes <laughs> necessary. <laughs> the uh, the last one here I want to mention that I'm playing. There's one other game I can mention, but time wise, I'm gonna hold it until next month, which will be more fitting. But the next the last game I've been playing has been Astral Chain, which is phenomenal. Absolutely love it. That's actually the flip side, David. I was going to say it's one of those rare Switch games. I don't want to play it handheld. I want to play it mm-hmm. on my TV, and it looks fantastic on the TV. And uh, that is, it's been, it's been great. I've absolutely loved it. I love everything about it. The only thing for me is that I do kind of sort of associate it with my basement flooding because I said multiple yeah, I was times that we can enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, oh no, I still love it. But I'm just like, you know what? It helped me. On the flip side, I would not have discovered that flooding so early on if mm-hmm. I didn't go downstairs at that point. But at the same time, God damn it, all I wanted to do was go downstairs and play Astral Chain. But no, I couldn't do that Labor Day weekend. But it's good. Trust me, it's real, real good. So to anybody who's mm-hmm. listening, it's it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Fantastic um, Switch exclusive so far. And I know it's from the same developers who did bayonetta and all of them um out of all those games like the platinum games this has been my favorite so far neat yeah anyways let's go ahead and, and wrap if you this get up it don't play it in your basement no although i'm gonna go back down and play it i guess <laughs> if you start feeling damp don't say yeah. it i'm a you. dude i'm a scream if that happens <laughs> 
Anyways, David, to, to wrap this up, well, do, do you have any other games that you've been playing? Um, I want to quickly mention Overland. I haven't gotten okay. super far in it because the game's hard as crud. Um, but Overland's really cool. It's a little um, kind of roguelike game. People have been comparing it to um, uh, da, da, like XCOM meets um, oh, what's that game? The, the Oregon Trail. Okay, um, weird. <laughs> and so basically you start out on the East Coast, you're trying to get to California, there's these alien things attacking you, um, you have a limited number of views, it's all turn-based, um, you're super weak, it's very hard. I've gotten, I beat the second area, but my car exploded, so I couldn't actually leave the second area. Oh, um, damn. And I... I think I went through like four of those stupid here's your last chance to get a car screens before all my people died. Um, <laughs> definitely don't get attached to your characters if you play that game. Um, it's super cool though if you like um, turn-based strategy games. Noted. Uh, would recommend um, just know that it's pretty hard. It's not It's not like uh, Into the Breach um, where it's like real forgiving and you can always out-strategize the AI or the situation like, I am pretty sure I've ended up in situations of Overland where um, it was probably impossible to win. Um, although maybe there were, situ- well, it, definitely getting the, trying to get the car when I didn't have a car was impossible sometimes. Um, I feel like there were a couple where I probably should have just driven away and I didn't drive away and I died trying to get, like, gas or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good game. It's, uh, it was in development for a really long time. So some of you might go look it up and be like, oh, that game came out. Um, hmm. I'll have to look it up after a, this. Who is it made by? It's made by people who made something else real popular. <laughs> um, uh, Overland is made, yeah, by Finji, duh. Um, Finji, who... Um, they published Night in the Woods. They made Cannibal. Oh, okay. Um, they made some other stuff. They published, I think they only published it. They published Wilmot's Warehouse, which has been making a little bit of a splash on Twitter lately. Um, but haven't played Wilmot's Warehouse yet. That also looks really cool, though. So if you like puzzle games, uh, maybe go check that one out. Um, pretty little pretty cutesy little wholesome game good to um, know at least it looks pretty wholesome but yeah yeah cannibalt's definitely what finji's known for which is kind of funny because it's pretty ancient at this point <laughs> um but yeah hmm. right on anyways uh let's go ahead and wrap this thing up man put a bow on it and send it out there yeah yeah david where can people find you online if they want people, to know more about you or talk with you, whatever it is. And I'll put the links down below in the uh, description on YouTube here. Yeah, people can find me specifically on Twitter. It's probably the main platform I'm kind of active on. Um, under at PathogenDavid. There's no dash or anything, just PathogenDavid. Um, you can follow Pathogen Studios on at Pathogen Studios on Twitter. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and such. Um and then you can go to pathsofstudios.com and check out the story teaser for Back to Her. Um, you can also find a link to our community Discord there, which is very small but growing. Um, and then a direct link to our Facebook if you don't want to search for it. Right on. Right on. But 
I think that's it. I'm also on Instagram, but I'll never post on Instagram, so don't bother uh, following me there unless you <laughs> want to get a random photo in your timeline someday of a tree. Hey, that's not bad. That's <laughs> yeah, not the worst. Yeah. Anyways, uh, as for myself, again, uh, I am Mr. Mario 2011. Thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, this has been the longest episode of Mario's Minute, by the way. But uh, thank you so much for listening to this almost three-hour episode of Mario's Minute. If you want Ooh. more like this, either on YouTube, you can check out my channel, Mr. Mario 2011. Or if you want to listen to this in MP3 form, because this is a podcast first and foremost... You can look up Mario's Minute on your favorite podcasting platform, and it's available on most, but not all of them. But most of them, so we should be all good. Now, David, one thing I want to do, and I I try and pass this on to the guests here. Uh, At the Mm -hmm. end of every episode of Mario's Minute, I try, if I remember, to pick a keyword. So we know that if somebody uses this keyword that we choose in a comment on the YouTube upload this, we'll know they made it until the end. David, what do you think would be a good keyword? Does it have to be one word or could it be a phrase? Uh, I mean, I try and limit it to one or one or two words. Oh, okay. Um, well, that kind of ruins my idea. Um, hmm. I don't know. What even are words right now? How about uh, how about goose? Goose, that's a good one. Yeah, if you use the word goose, if you want to talk about the time a goose ended up hissing at you outside of a mall with your girlfriend like it happened to me one time, but we're not going to be talking about that in this episode, or if you want to talk about your thoughts on Untitled Goose Game, or really if you just want to say goose in a comment somehow. I think think they got to talk about geese in a way where it's not... It's obvious they're not only talking about no, Untitled Goose no, Game. No, 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 David, that's end. not the rules. If they use oh. the word goose in their comment, that means they've made it until the end. But what if they're just talking about us talking about Untitled Goose Game? I, mean, I guess we won't know. End? You know what? And that's that's just part of the surprise. They're certainly a surprise. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching and listening, everyone. And uh, until next month. Stay sexy, don't get murdered. Truly.